I always, oh, I always have this dream of, you know how like a skate video or a BMX video will have like random little like cut scenes of just like things from movies or like just clips of like just random stuff sort of like spliced in between the clips yeah, and stuff. like a bum doing something quirky. Exactly. Yeah. I always wanted to do that, but to use like the non-sexual parts from like gay mm. and maybe even call the full length BMX video gay Mm. and just like kind of lean into the idea mm. that like this is just guys hanging out having fun mm. how non-sexual is there leg stroking going on that could be okay but i'm talking more about like the the very beginning of the skit where it's like some like sort of weird i, I haven't watched a lot of gay let me tell you honest with you but prude picture like you know you're you're playing one of these characters you're like walking up to the door and you're like saying hey like I, i'm looking for a, a bottle of milk i'm trying to imagine what like the average like gay plot line would be that's pretty simple yeah that probably was done to death back in the 80s the can i get a quart of milk <sighs> because i'm cooking wouldn't it be sick if we became like real deal connoisseurs of gay even though we're not personally like invested in it i think so i think we have a lot to offer to the medium i think so i think we should start spending more time in west hollywood mm -hmm. i think that would let us know what a gentleman in a gay goes to his neighbor's house to retrieve nowadays is it hair dye is right. it a butt plug I remember back in the day when Vine was out that Catfish, who you may remember as uh, being basically Bizzle's abuser, yeah. Catfish was crazy on Vine at the time in like the very, very early days when it's like the wild, wild west and like people barely knew how to use the app. And there was some trans performer that he like made a video like responding to her or something, did something to get her attention. And she shouted us out and we each got like 10 Vine followers coming over from the trans community at that time i'm talking like 2014 so people think i'm new to this but i'm really true to this i've been politicking with the trans community and all i'm saying is that at that time this struck me as like a funny thing because i, I at the time i didn't have that many followers i was like oh I'm, I'm all of a sudden getting a little wave oh yeah from a community i never saw myself messing with so i'm saying maybe instead of starting a band we just start doing some gay together we oil up we turn the heat up, so we're sweating. We put on thongs, and we just do this podcast. And then we have an OnlyFans where, you know, these girls, you know, Kazumi's probably not dying to eat pussy on a Tuesday at 3 p.m. Mm -mm. The same way I'm not dying to suck your limp. Good thing I'm not taking in what you want or don't want to do into consideration. Because you might just chase me down in the parking lot. And I'm totally okay with that being part of this equation. What's the end game of us just doing gay stuff? <laughs> okay, because the band... There's artistic satisfaction coming from it. We probably get some chicks. But if we just do gay stuff, the one thing I like and that I thought about is when you said you got 10 trans followers in 2014, I don't what think... What became of them? I'm not sure if they've followed me up to this point, but is it, probably not. Isn't it safe to assume that the the ratio of follow to will suck your is the highest with trans followers? Like you can assume nine of those individuals out of 10 would probably blow you. And that's good. Because we're talking 2014 trans people, too. Oh, dedicated. <laughs> you know, they're, they're like, like now there's like a degree of normalcy that has perhaps <laughs> been added to their existence. This yeah. is back in the day when they're the going day. for it. Back in the day when there was still violence in the streets <laughs> if you were trans. Like you were liable to get stomped out. They if you would say that by. that is still the case. They would say that. They would say that this is violence uh -huh. and that you are wishing death upon them. 
It's not the case. I'm just saying, nowadays, you're more likely to catch a promotion than catch a beating if you come out as trans. Right. Okay, if somebody, Mikey, you start identifying as a woman, you start wearing a bra to work, you're VP. <laughs> yes. Isn't Goodbye. he? Goodbye to whoever is VP right now. I, I, yeah. Who's the vice president? Bossa, are you vice president? You're not the vice president of No Jumper Industries? You don't want to claim it. What about on some shit? What about plug talk? We don't have a, a VP. You, we should get a VP, and it At should be a trans time. person. A veep. We should get a veep, and it's Mike, and you identify as a woman now. How do we, uh, how do we hire from the trans community? Let's I, just get Gracie Jane, dude. Gracie Jane. No, but like again, honestly, like we we got to lube up and just have like a own like let's just let's just make it gay. We are going to be a gay Venus flytrap. What? So like we would be like a plant? Yes. That possesses like human characteristics and would snatch smaller beings into our open waiting wound of a flower yeah no this is how i'm trying to expose it a bossa nova keep your distance because you are a smaller being but yeah no absolutely it's just like the right side of the venus flytrap that's you uh-huh. and your thong and then the left mouth is me and then we we just wait we wait for a confused man or young boy to wander into the office <laughs> with a, a bushy boy. tail and a resume you know and young meaning 18 19 okay, right. like oh hire me hire me and then how do you, how do you staff? It's a closing the, Venus flytrap. How do you staff the Danny Mullen regime? Like, where are these people coming from at a certain point? Well, first of all, I take them out for a night of drinking, uh-huh. and around eleven, twelve midnight, something ends up in their drink. You you meet them how though before you sodomize them? Grinder, adult friend finder. Okay, like Rat Dick Ralph. Rat Dick Ralph was Where'd met. Where did he come from? Leo met him at a comedy club. There's a guy in our squad named Rat Dick Ralph who is emotionally unstable. He's addicted to psycho- uh, uh, psychoactive drugs, psychedelics. Oh, Why God. couldn't I come up with that? Addicted to those. Leo met him at a comedy show, and he just told Leo that he does acid and trips every day. He started hanging out with us, and we learned there was a history of meth abuse. His buddy murdered somebody. Rat Dick did a little time in jail. So these guys, they come to us, and they seem level-headed and maybe a little quirky. Maybe like they'd be good for on camera, but then slowly we usually find they have years and years of psychological issues and a criminal record often too. Right. No, yeah, that doesn't sound that different from how things have really gone on around here. But it occurs to me that like that boots to the ground sort of work is what you really need to do if you want to find new talent, you know, especially in your position where it's like a lot of these people are very close to homelessness and Mm -hmm. and extreme poverty it's like you know like you can only learn so much by getting submissions online or Mm -hmm. like i don't know it's like but we're in kind of a position now where as you may know there's been like a bit of an exodus from Mm -hmm. no jumper we don't have as many people on camera right now where it's kind of like oh okay so we need to be like trying to meet more Mm -hmm. people and whatnot and for me it's like i'm also at this stage in my life where it's like no i'm gonna like be in the crib and like hang out with my kid and Mm -hmm. i'm probably not gonna be like at the bar Mm -hmm. like when i think about what people i would be staffing no jumper with host wise if this was seven years ago or six years ago or whatever it would be a lot of people that i was just like seeing at parties and Mm -hmm. stuff like that Mm -hmm. was kind of how it came together in Mm -hmm. the beginning Mm mm-hmm just go out, meet people. I'm not really willing to do that anymore. Well, good news. We're going to promote transgendered Mikey to VP. 
and he can have some on-camera responsibilities too. Right. Other than that, we need some sort of ringleader. I say you and I go 50-50 on a guy with a mustache and a three-piece suit who just hangs out in bars and finds the dregs of society and brings them in. We're still looking for a third. A third on this show. Yeah. It's tough. It is. It's tough. And like you said, these people, my squad right now, we're having, I'm reluctant to use the word exodus because none of them are Jewish, but we have several members who are disappearing into, like you said, homelessness really? or mental illness. King Croc disappeared into homelessness. Rattic Ralph is he's still, he's in a shelter still. He is, he lives in a government funded building. I guess okay. you could call it a shelter. Right. People in this line of work, the people we attract, they have the lifespan of like a heavy machine gunner in the Vietnam War. That's how it feels. They draw a lot of fire. Mm. They go quick, and they got to be built. They got to be built mentally tough if they're going to last the full war. Right, and it's all about like the size of the operation too. Because like in your case, I feel like people don't perceive you as being so extremely successful that they're going to really be like trying to gouge money out of you. Not to say that anyone's trying to gouge money out of me, but. There's an expectation on this channel that, like, if you're on camera a good amount, then you should be getting paid. Who knows? You know, or like they certain people see other options that might be worth more. Whereas a lot of times when I look at your cast of characters, it does seem like homelessness is pretty much like right around the corner. Right. Homelessness. <laughs> They've accepted that. Is, if not the next block over, it's just down the street a little ways. Right. You can go on foot to homelessness from my channel. You, yeah, you really are like. A few steps away from being soft white underbelly, but with like a funny soft white underbelly just interviews crazy homeless. I feel like my cast could wind up on soft white underbelly. Yeah, cigar guy, a man who was famously fingered up the ass by Kazumi. Mm. I could see him on soft like the 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 portrait shot of him in a title. Right, um, schizophrenic lapsed sober guy now addicted to meth tells his story i bet this cigar guy is like driving an uber in like wisconsin right now you think he's up north just trying to forget no i mean i'm just picking a random state i don't know where he's from or anything but it does seem like with him trying to get away from everything like that quickly that i mean he's probably like just trying to live a normal life somewhere right you ever think about what a normal life might be like for you mm -hmm. a more normal life i've thought about it I think about it whenever I look at real estate prices in L.A. Yeah. That makes me like, dude, what if I just fucking skip town to Oklahoma? Uh. Just go buy a mid-level house for one hundred and fifty grand out in OK? Uh -huh. Manage a FedEx office. I mean, that's probably not what I would choose on a personal like, level. They got a great supply chain. <sighs> I mean, just for me, I don't know. What would you do if you moved to the... Well, I guess you probably have enough funding to live off of for a long period of time. I've, I've thought about that. Have you thought about just moving to the middle of the country and coasting? Sometimes it's fun to consider it. Yeah. But then there's just like immediately all these considerations that were like, oh, that, that would not work. Have you? Where have you been out there? Because I've traveled to, say, Wichita, Kansas and Topeka. I've done the middle of the country hustle I've for a weekend I've driven cross country, but I... I kind of remember like sleeping the vast majority of it. I, I wasn't driving. There was somebody else driving. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's a hazard. I don't know if I've ever really like stopped, stopped in like the center of the country besides to maybe get like a burger and okay. sleep on the side of the road. We were talking about girls we went to high school with before the mics heated up when right. we were out there in the communal Classic area. Classic comedic material. Girls that we used to go to high school with are fat, <laughs> especially in my case since it's been 22 years.
I'm coming up on 13 or 14 or something like that too. Right. So it's definitely happening. All the the quote unquote hot chicks in Topeka, Kansas, are like a girl on the cheerleading team you went to high school with right. two decades ago. Yeah, that's what they look like. I, I I don't have a lot of expectations for random parts of the country when it comes to girls. You got to import like your they, own. They pussy. just they leave. They do. They have to. Why they wouldn't they? They leave, or they enter into a semi-abusive relationship with their godfather who drives a truck right. when they're nineteen. And then they put on the pounds rapidly. You're really painting a picture right there. That's how it goes. Those Any chick who's hot who stays in Oklahoma, she is going to burn out like a comet. You know what you will take for granted if you ever do end up like moving to Oklahoma and getting a little cottage in the woods and just living like a quiet life? You will take for granted the thing that is currently somewhat annoying, which is the fact that you can go to Earth Cafe, you can go on Robinson, you could go... To various different parts of LA, and you could park your car and walk around and see women with small waists and nicely shaped butts wearing Lululemon pants. Like if you were to go to uh, Melrose Place right now, I'm like, if you ever go, you ever go over there? Not Melrose, but Melrose Place. It's, I don't think so. It's like a little branch that comes off of Melrose. Is that where the hot chicks are? I don't know. Missing you, out on the you, secret. I, I don't know what fucking stores are around there, but there are so many hot chicks with nice butts that hang out in that fucking area. It's probably a Pilates studio, though. There's that kind of stuff, for uh-huh. sure. Yeah. Uh, Alfred's, so you get your, your trendy coffee spot and everything. But I'm saying, if you go there, you're going to see so many nice butts. Yeah. And then if you move to Oklahoma, you are going to be like, where did all the butts go? Do you think now in the age of pornography, do you think it matters to our brains if we're seeing nice butts on Melrose Place or on Pornhub? Do you think the brain perceives it any differently? Well, it's, it is weird because it's like obviously what you'd be seeing on Pornhub is drastically more graphic. But somehow, like, seeing a nice bud just sort of walking down the street in real life yeah. is very engaging. Yeah, your penis, he half knows that with a little bit of effort, it could be his. How's your jerking off schedule? It is, so I've cut out the pornography. All of it. I cut out the, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. It's hurting your body. I mean, I I still jerk off the plug, talk. Uh, yo, I've gotten pretty in the groove of, like, jerking off to porn over the last, like, Give couple me some, years buddy. of my life. Let's Give just some, touch buddy. hands, yeah. Give me some. Right hands. Last night... I did it without it. I jerked off. Without porn? Sitting on the toilet. That's yeah. weird. And I, I, I did kind of feel like the thing that the anti-porn protesters are, are against, where it's a, it's a little bit harder to like use that creative part of your brain uh-huh. or that part that like is just like really like digging into the, the, the memories to like yeah. just find something that you think is hot enough to get a boner. Oh, yeah. It must be so hard for you. <laughs> oh, what do I jerk off to? Uh, I had my cock in Real Sky Bree and no, Elena five hours ago. What about, to think about? I can't think about modern content. Just pretend they both have pussy hair. No, I'm thinking about like some random girl I met on MySpace when I was like 26, you know? That's what you're thinking back to. Uh, yeah, classics. First of all, you were jerking off on the toilet. Were you giving yourself like a simulated blumpkin? I was taking a shit. Yes. I'm sitting there. I'm starting to like, you know, like just think about my penis and then i'm like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna hit a stress relief a stress release nut because like i wasn't turned on yeah there was nothing that was like making me like want to get a boner but it just occurred to me like i might be a better person over the course of the next 24 hours if i ejaculate right sure, sure 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 i'm not sure if that's how it works otherwise you're like groping your fiance and you're like, well yeah i mean it is because like we like to sleep in bed like kind of close together right yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I don't want to be like poking her with a fucking boner in the middle of the night or anything. Which happens. That's happened to me a bunch of times. I just like I, when I was in a relationship, I would just wake up with a boner and just like want to fuck at 3 a.m. Right. You're jerking off on the toilet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I like how you really want to like break that. Well, I do. I do. Because, yeah, the porn, I, I for me, I, I it's hard to know if there's been a decline in my sex drive. I'm way more busy now uh-huh. and therefore much less interested in taste in chasing yoga pant clad asses on Melrose place. Right. And I'm not sure if that's a drop in testosterone or an increase in motivation for my professional career. Right. I'm not sure, but either way I feel like it couldn't hurt to cut out the clips of like three chicks blowing a guy and licking his ass. You think that you watching that is going to make you less motivated to meet women in real life? That and maybe make it harder to achieve an erection and an orgasm when I'm with a woman in real life. But can't you always just like think about the porno movie in your head? That seems like a disingenuous thing to do. It does feel kind of fucked up, right? It, 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 what, Bringing you... someone else into this. <laughs> I mean, never mind the random trollop you bring back from the bar, but would your girlfriend or fiancé love to hear that you were thinking about a 70s porn star or a chick on MySpace? I have never done such a thing. But would it be weird for them to know that? Yes. But I feel like that's not something you ever would really need to, like, admit, right? That you just, like, thought about a little Uh additional element to maybe, like, get it done right in the Uh moment. Maybe a donkey in the corner. Normally I don't feel like With a midget for a jockey. Pussy feels good. Like just squeeze the butt, man. I'm coming. Damn, you're easy, man. That's why you're a porn performer. See, I got to a point where I was having trouble climaxing toward the end in my relationship. Really? And it wasn't from lack of attraction. I'm pretty sure it was just a lot of people. The pandemic made it so they could just sit at home in their sweatpants, pull their willy out, willy nilly at all hours of the workday. Willy nilly. Willy nilly. For me, I right when the pandemic happened, I started working for myself as a YouTuber. So my masturbation output quadrupled. Really? There was no nine-hour window during which I was at work and accounted for and couldn't beat off. Right. I always could jerk off because six days a week, I'm at home. That, I think, did fuck with my ability to orgasm, and I think some of it might have been porn-related. Wow. I could see it. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, now you're off the porn. I'm off the porn, so now I'm just jerking off to still images. Wait, that's what you do? Yeah, mostly Renaissance art. Shut the fuck up. So wait, if you want to beat, beat off, what are you doing? And do you have pepper spray on your waist? Yeah, I got a little mace. <laughs> got a little mace. In case you, the haters come you, in. So porn, like actual video clips is bad, but you could go to Google Image Search and search Lisa Ann and that's okay? Uh, if I'm just... Glancing Elisa Ann's titties, I feel like that's okay because yeah, I know. I, I think that's an important distinction. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the dude Andrew Huberman, who everybody's talking about now. Oh yeah, he, I, I keep seeing his clips on YouTube. I I don't care to consume anything directly. Not no disrespect from him, but it's just there's a certain amount of time one gets every day, and I don't have time to go watch one of his three hour podcasts with Lex Friedman. But he basically says that the the problematic element of porn is that you're training yourself to only be aroused when you see two other people having sex, right. which is a different neuro pathway okay. when, for when you're having sex. So I think having one person in there is good. And also seeing guys with 12-inch cocks just hurts my self-esteem. I could imagine that. It just makes me... Because now, a guy with a very unremarkable cock, I got to get back out in the dating pool. I don't want to be insecure. No, yeah. But, I, I mean, to be fair, though, also, I think 
those dicks that you're seeing in porn are freak show dicks yeah. that the average woman would really not want to be entertaining in her day-to-day life. I thought you said Dread was pocket aces. As a content creator, yes. <laughs> as, as a porn star, yes. As a husband, I think that like the average woman, besides maybe a woman with a very wide set vagina, would probably be like, okay, yeah, if I could, I, I might scale this down a yeah. little bit. Yeah. You know, I one of the best riffs we ever had on this podcast was you coming up with the theory that a guy's dick is like his poker hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is genius. Like, that would be a good stand-up bit. But it, it has always haunted me that you assigned me the seven-deuce offsuit. That's not fair, because it's, I know other people, including people that we have seen naked together, who I would say are closer to that. Sure, sure. That I'll was give when, you a 6-5 offsuit. A little bit of playability. It's connected. Where's Josh? I need Josh to give me a breakdown of whether or not these hands are insulting or not. You're probably not going to like that one too much either. But uh, come on, dude, give me like, uh, give me a full house. Can, how much can you tell me on camera about your breakup? Well, my girlfriend, she, my ex girlfriend, she did a podcast where she talked a little bit about the breakup. Okay. I have not seen this. Um, we've talked a bit of off camera about it, but yeah. I'm just wondering, like, what you, how you would put it for our sludge lords fans out there who maybe don't trickle down to the danny mullen podcast where i'm sure you've talked about it more no i haven't talked about it really at all oh, okay. I, basically her and i were together for a long time and we moved in together and we our schedules were home a lot and so we were just around each other pretty much constantly for uh-huh. about a year and that's when we started to have some problems in our relationship that I think came from over-familiarity mm. and too much time spent together where the result is the person becomes less special and then you start to value them a little bit less. You were together the whole pandemic? Yeah, we were together for like coming up on it would be like four years is when we started seeing each other this June or July. Do you think that the pandemic like made you spend so much more time together that it was kind of... That increased the intensity of the relationship a bit, or what? No, I, I think when the pandemic was raging, as long as we lived apart, which we did the majority of the pandemic, oh, it okay. wasn't necessarily okay. a problem. It's we moved in together uh, out of necessity because she had to move. Her roommate found the new roommate, mm-hmm. so she moved in with me. And there came a point where I think I had lost perspective on the relationship just because we were so on top of each other and i don't know if if she would admit this but to some extent i think she did too i think she was probably becoming a little bit disillusioned with me and i um i'm trying to think of like how much basically one of us broke it off and then we kind of reconciled and then the other person broke it off So it ended up actually being like, because usually when a guy, when people ask him like, hey, so who broke up with who? He was like, it's mutual. It was mutual. Like (laughs) you got fucking dumped and she's probably banging a guy with a 10 inch cock now. But it's like one person breaks up, then you get back together. Then the other person breaks up. It's like, it's not mutual, but it feels even. Yes. And because it's so even like her and I still text and still have a friendly relationship. Okay. So there wasn't a loser in the scenario. Nobody was heartbroken, um, threatening to leak nudes to the other person. Nobody was showing up blacked out drunk at 4 a.m. banging on windows. Honestly, in this day and age where it's so common for people to break up and then immediately like expose each other or whatever, that is kind of heartening to be like, okay, they were able to break up and have it not turn into a big, messy, disgusting thing. Because to, to be fair, I think 
one of the first Danny Mullen videos that I ever watched. It was years ago. I was on Twitch. Somebody said you should interview Danny Mullen. I, on my Twitch stream when I'm playing poker, I'll have like 100 people, 200 people watching. So I get to actually like engage with them a bit more. I say, Danny Mullen, okay, I'll search him. I watched some videos. I think I go to like look at the most viewed ones. At the time, one of the most viewed ones, or maybe one that you had just dropped recently, was I believe it was I gave my girlfriend a piece of shit for Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. Or for her birthday. It was her birthday. Come on. I'm not a complete heartless fool. And I just remember being like pretty fascinated by that that dynamic of you having this like cute, seemingly kind of like innocent girlfriend who's like in fucking college or whatever. And then here you are, this depraved YouTuber giving her a turd. Yeah. And I was that 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 certainly like endeared me to like what was going on here a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It was there were elements of the relationship that were a content relationship, you could say. But I'm so grateful that it didn't turn into a slam fest afterwards. That is low. I mean, it's one thing. I don't like the YouTube drama where YouTubers have some sort of falling out and then start exposing each other. Mm. I think that's completely slimy. Like, imagine ever, like, after you see that this new guy you meet who seems cool, he seems funny, oh, maybe I'm going to do something business-wise with this guy, but then you look at his YouTube page and he's got a history of exposing people, you're like, uh, uh, I'm going to step on the brakes here. I don't think yeah. I want to. Imagine seeing a girl who had a public blowout with an ex. Like, you're not going to want to date her. Or if you're a guy who starts trash-talking your ex-girlfriend, other chicks are going to be less likely to hop into the sack with you. If I was single and I was even considering spending a time with a chick who was like that, like, who was had, like, a real, like, oh, you got a YouTube video, you're exposing to it. Hey, I don't even want to, like, be around you unless no. it's fucking recorded. Exactly. Like, nanny cam. Like, we're not going in the bedroom. Like, we're staying right here in this fucking living room because I don't trust you, bitch. Absolutely not. No. It's turning personal, and they're probably saving texts and maybe secretly recording you. Yeah, and it, you kind of, like, like, that's a terrible feeling. A great feeling is being in a relationship and feeling like you can just say whatever the fuck is really on your mind. Yeah. A terrible feeling is feeling like no matter how close you get, every text you send, you're still thinking, like, how would this look on TMZ? Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know? That's how you know the relationship isn't a very strong relationship. I'm not yeah. there at all. Like, I've definitely, I'm just, like, totally open with my girl, I think, but definitely like when i think about being in a relationship or thinking what what it would be like dating somebody else it is kind of like oh fuck like how the hell would you figure out who you could trust mm -hmm. dude it's it's a completely different game for me because when i got into a relationship you were very early on early on yeah no money no status and then when you start breaking up you think that the world of being single is going to be something out of the show entourage <laughs> i'm going to be walking down melrose place two yoga clad yoga pant clad honeys on each arm Ooh, I love it. taking them shopping at gucci at chanel hopping in the porsche tooling up to my house in the hills tooling i love tooling tooling up but then i realized that i don't have a porsche i don't have two girls in either arm i am a tool and that all these sexual fantasies or this happiness you concoct in your head uh, is just that, a creation of your mind. And then the loneliness comes back in, and then you start second-guessing the breakup in the first place. Mm. It's got to be hard to stay 100% on point with that because it's like, okay, a ton of relationships follow this formula where there's a degree of horniness on the guy's part. Maybe he doesn't feel like he's being fully you know getting what he wants in that regard you know it's like there's, he wants to explore new things in one way or another and then you break up 
and it's like at least for a moment there there's like a lull where you have like no affection in yeah. your life and that and this like opens up this like space for you to be sort of uh lonely and stuff and i've definitely been there like okay but i also have this memory of I had a I had a bad breakup in like 2011 maybe where I was like I was only with the girl for like four or five months but I was pretty pretty bummed afterwards and I remember Hot going chick. yeah and she was just like it was my first girlfriend after moving to Southern California and she was super tapped in she knew what to do she knew what parties to go to she knew what, she, she had a lot going on and all of a sudden I'm kicking it with her we're doing a lot of cool shit and I'm like yeah. br- I'm I'm very very new to southern california so i don't know shit to do i'm like a bmx dude i know to go to the same fucking three bars over and over that's about it you know so it's like you know a pretty kick-ass six there if she's trying to film a trick <laughs> exactly and then like after you know it was weird because that was kind of part of it was that it's like oh like i temporarily had like a more thriving social life and yes i kind of like couldn't help but sort of view her through that lens of yes. all these cool people i'm meeting and like just kind of knowing what to do or whatever and then we break up and it's like where was I going with this? You were talking about the how what, it was a heartbreaking breakup. Oh, oh, this is what it was. Because yeah. then after that, I would be going out drinking and shit. And then I would start having a conversation with girls that I'm meeting. And at some point in my drunk fucking mind, I'd start letting on the fact that I was a little bummed about this breakup that I had been through, et cetera. And I feel like invariably like the girls would like sort of look at me like I was damaged goods because I had just came out of this relationship and clearly wasn't over it. Hmm. I don't know if that sounds familiar at all, but for me, one of the the best pussy getting streaks I ever had in my life was after I got broken up with by my second girlfriend. Hmm. So I had the opposite experience. It was the most depressed and angry I was, but for some reason that was just working. Mm. I would get blacked out in the corner of the bar and just look sad over a Heineken bottle. Right. And I was getting laid out of it. Yeah, because that girl that I'm talking about, like pretty soon after that I did end up banging some of her friends, and it was definitely like the kind of thing where she was just such a bitch that like, her friends wanted to fuck her ex-boyfriend to like, sort of assert that they were kind of on the same level as her because she clearly had like the higher status but then her friends were like kind of being like subjugated by her and so like for them to then be able to fuck her ex-boyfriend that to them felt like pretty cool i think that's probably a good sign that you shouldn't have been with that girl long term yeah if her friends were chomping at the bit to backstab her i don't think i've seen the devil wears prada but when i saw michael scott on the office sort of becoming briefly enamored with her i feel like i felt like that was probably pretty similar to this girl's personality type i haven't seen that particular episode of the office <laughs> but uh you know I'm, I'm new i'm like on season three you know i'm working my way through it guys it's all about confidence confidence to know that you're going to be able to perform when it comes down to it and that's why i'm very very thankful to have our sponsor today blue chew keeping up with us Blue Chew, guys, it's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the... They also now have Vardenafil mint-flavored chewables with the active ingredients in Levitra and Staxin Mm. so you can stay hard and fresh at the same time. And isn't that what every man wants? Of course, myself, I mean, you don't want to go out feeling fresh but not hard. Or hard but not fresh. Blue Chew's tablets are a performance enhancement for the bedroom. If you're feeling real crazy, you can bust them out in the kitchen too, though. (laughs) They can help you gain extra confidence when it's time to perform. 
Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, Mm -mm. and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and they will ship it right to your door in discreet, discreet packaging. Yeah, so your creep neighbor won't know what you're doing with yourself. The process is simple. You sign up on BlueChew.com, you consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part... It's all done online, 100% of the process. And if you don't like swallowing pills, it's all good because these things are chewable tablets. Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA. This is high-quality stuff. They are prepared and shipped direct, so it's cheaper than using the middleman of a pharmacy. That's a fact. So if you think that you could benefit from some extra confidence, it's time for you to now visit BlueChew.com and use our promo code SLEDGELORDS. That's right there in the title of this podcast. And at checkout, you will pay just $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code SLEDGELORDS to receive your first month free. Be confident. Be a man. Be like Adam and I so we don't throw you in a trash can if we ever encounter you in the streets. So are you taking proactive steps to be around women again. no and what might that look like are there apps dude if, if are i worried about being on apps i'm not worried about it I, for i'm just gonna rock being basically celibate i'm gonna be you're a smith fan i'm gonna be morrissey for a little bit morrissey just claimed he didn't have sex with anybody for like two decades really i've been so busy like the good thing about being single is now i basically i get up at 8 a.m now and what then was I, it before? 6 a.m. But that's because, because I'm doing her, stand-up. Or, no, because oh. I'm doing stand-up okay. now. And But I'll go to live shows. I'll, I'll If I have to finish up some work on my computer, if I want to watch an old comedy film, I'm just doing that now around the clock. Uh-huh. So I feel like I'm progressing a lot in what I'm doing. I'm not ready to get back into another relationship, but if I were to do it hypothetically, I think I would get on a website, and I would just be completely honest. I'm looking for, I have almost no free time in my life available. I'm looking for somebody else who's likewise career-oriented, who's down to hang out twice a week, get coffee, take a stroll through the Hammer Museum in Westwood on Sunday, you know, maybe fuck each other. This sounds then, like a, this is a relationship? This would be, this is the only relationship I could imagine right, right now. Right, okay. It's the only one I can imagine. So we're talking about maybe like, what, six hours a week total time spent together? That's pushing it. Let's say three. Three. Four. That doesn't sound like a relationship. What's that? That's a that's a courtship. <laughs> like, it sounds so legal. If I was like to, to meet a girl if I was single and if I were to like, you know, start talking to her. And I, I, when you're in that talking stage. Yeah. I feel like that's maybe like three hours a week in the sense of like. I don't know, maybe you FaceTime each other for a half hour here and there. You hang out once or twice a week, you know. Yeah. Well, but if, if you even hang out one time, it's like you're going to have to – like if a girl comes over to your house at 8 p.m. and you're just sort of kicking it with her for the mm-hmm. night, I mean, 8 p.m. is late, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe she comes over at 7, 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. You hang out till midnight, you go to sleep, you've just spent six, seven hours with her. You're right. My three-hour – Three hours is nothing. That's like three uh, hours is like doing coffee and like taking a stroll around the block a couple of times with her just to catch a little vibe, you know? Yeah, I mean, three hours is like basically the time you'll spend flirting with a particularly cute waitress at a restaurant on the weekend. Like, it's not, man, that's that's light. That's, I, that's what kills me when I think about being single is just like how inefficient you are forced to spend your time if you want to like go out into public and just try to 
pursue conversation and mm-hmm. relations with women. And the question is, too, do you want to meet a girl who knows who you are and is a fan of your work, or is that bad news? Or do you want them to find out who you are through a quick Google search and mm. they get to read like all the, the greatest hits of, yeah. of your whole life? I don't know incident. what your search results are like, but yeah. Well, it was something that I said about uh, rotund women in 2021 will probably come and, up. And, and I just wonder to, to, like, to what extent that's uh, like a really bad thing. Hmm. I, I think... I think how many I'm, women are going to find humor in that these days versus be horrified by it? This is how I perceive it in my head, and I don't know if this is reality, but this is my subjective reality internally. Mm. I think I'm at the point in my career where I'm not yet well off enough that women will overlook it completely. Mm. There is a point in time, I think, for instance, if you got single, you have enough assets built up in your life that a chick, even if she comes from a conservative Jewish family... <laughs> Where their their family home is on Sunset Boulevard and it costs ten million dollars, she will probably accept you because clearly you can take care of her. Maybe, but then also, don't you then? And, and this is okay. This is the same thing that me and you have. I'm still in my relationship. Your, your yours just ended. We both got into our relationships when we were basically normal people. Yeah. And oh, we're not normal anymore. Well, I mean, you know, we're still normal. Peasant, like, I'm above you. And Leonardo DiCaprio would say that we're both. Totally fucking normal people, basically, right? But, you know, to a certain extent, we got into our relationships when we both believed, reasonably, that the women that we were getting into relationships with didn't really see us as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, and you see guys getting into relationships all the time, where once you have stuff, girls get into relationships relationships with you, where it's just so, even if they're not being outwardly you know uh like gold diggerish you kind of just have to assume that there's some element of that playing out in their brain because mm-hmm. it would just be like almost impossible for there not to be right mm-hmm. which i think is totally valid because people say that women are gold diggers or they're jersey chasers or whatever but a man's status and his resources that's part of who he is oh, yeah. because there are innate characteristics in a successful man that got him there that women are attracted to and now I feel like it's super normal for guys to be expected to spend lots of money on women when yeah. they get into relationships with them. I'm going to be honest with you. Been in a relationship for seven years. Before that, I never utilized that technique. Mm-hmm. Like always, every single girl I fucked my entire life was because maybe at most I would like take them out to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'll take them out to eat a couple times. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll buy them some drinks or whatever. But I, I, with Lena, I, she, she was acting like I was balling because I fucking. I, I think I took her to a bar and I took her to get a sandwich at a diner mm-hmm. and, yep. and was like Ooh. buying Ubers and stuff. So I probably spent like hundred bucks. Ooh, Uber, X, Uber XL once you were a little tipsy. You can get yeah, in the backseat. Definitely Uber yeah. X for sure. Yeah. Uh, this Uber, is so long ago. Did yeah. they even have the XL yet? I don't even know if I knew about that option. But all I'm saying is like the whole thing of like guys buying girls shit. And maybe it's just my proximity to like hip hop where that stuff seems a little bit more normal. I think you're onto something, dude. I think it's actually fucking up the younger chicks. I've noticed that, that girls who have a friend who likes to hook up with guys on an NFL team where they they hear stories about chicks getting flown to Ibiza, getting flown to Rome over the summer, they start to expect a lot from guys they meet in Los Angeles. Like, why aren't you paying my rent? Why aren't you buying me a car or at least a $3,000 bracelet for my birthday? And I think just like Instagram kind of screws up dating for guys because I think guys are being 
they're constantly reminded of other options in a way that I don't think is healthy. I think women have unhealthy financial expectations, especially right. in a place like L.A. And especially when there's news stories coming out like the other day. What's the fucking basketball player's name? They said he went out on a date with Ice Spice and he spent half a million dollars on her. Oh, my God. I was, I'm reading that, and hopefully it's just a rumor. Hopefully it's not a real thing. But, like, I don't think I know how to spend half a million dollars in a night. Like, what am I going to buy you? Like, 500 pairs of Gucci shoes. I'm going to buy you a couple cars. Like, what, like what is that? Cause, like, I guess if you're going to the club or some shit, then you could easily rack up, like, a $50,000 bill if you were really going nuts. But Yeah, it, it would be irresponsible spending. I don't understand. And, you know, it'd be one thing if that were Kevin Durant, but it was probably, like, the ninth man on the Milwaukee Bucks. Who was it? Is he big? Oh, he's big. All right, he's okay. rich. He's doing it. But Ice Spice is like, I mean, that's the fucked up thing is that Ice Spice is like one of the hottest female rappers in the game. She's super fucking popular right now. Everybody thinks she's smoking hot. I, what it reminds me of is I remember that there was this dude I worked at the grocery store with when I was like 16, and I remember him, he got a date with a girl that from his perspective was like out of his weight class. Like he was doing mm. good by getting a date with this girl. Um, and then he tells me, that he bought her a watch oh, a for their first date. A grocery store boy? Bro, I, it was probably like a $40 watch from Sears or okay. some shit. Was, if you could see it right now, you'd be so depressed by the existence <laughs> of it. But I just remember him telling me like, yeah, bro, I bought her a watch. And I remember just being like, bro, no. Like, you yeah. can't buy her a fucking watch. You're going to seem thirsty as fuck. You got to yeah. just like hang out with her and like make her think that you're a cool guy. Yeah. You don't want to, like, impress her with the thing that you bought her. And if you're going to buy her anything, like, buy her fucking Applebee's. Like, take her out to eat or some shit. Like, don't. Applebee's is a little classy for a first date. Well, we're 16 in Nashville, New Hampshire, so pick it from a pretty limited pool of franchises. Yeah. I guess it's about right in the in uh, I don't know. New England. I, but I think of that, and then I think of this, and it's like, okay, even if Ice Spice is your dream girl, you're not going to win her over by yeah. just, you know, spending an insane amount of money on her, right? I'm reading the book right now, and it's not because I'm trying to go out and get pussy. I'm just I'm reading because I wanted to do a video based on this subject. It's called The Game. Have oh, you... I read it in 2008. Yeah, a fantastic book. Classic. That guy Neil Strauss is just he's so great at just writing stuff that is entertaining and people care about. I've read a lot of his books because he wrote the Marilyn Manson book, I think. Jenna and Jameson. Of... Yeah, he wrote a book too, yeah. on survivalism. He's dope. Yeah. He joined a community of pickup artists in Los Angeles before pickup artists and, and this kind of coaching was mainstream. Knew about it. He broke it open to the mainstream. And it's ridiculous. All the things these guys do to get chicks are so counterintuitive. But now, me being single, some of my instincts about what I would do to get girls, that this guy Jordan Poole, it seems like he's behaving in a way that they would describe in this book as an average frustrated chump. Mm. Like, that's how they, they would describe that kind of behavior. Not only spending a lot of money on women, but qualifying yourself. Bragging about what you do, who you know, showing them your social media following. These things, according to this book, which I believe, these guys are all super impressive at what they do, all of those things, are, are they contradict the goal of getting a woman to be attracted to you mm. so they recommend things like when a girl asks you what you do tell her you're a disposable lighter salesman right. tell her you're a okay <laughs> those are jokes they write in the book came out in 2005 or something right. so no, yeah it. probably that joke would have hit better than especially <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I, i'm just flustered uh no but like okay that book is really important, though, because if you want to understand Fresh and Fit, if you want to understand Andrew Tate, if you want to understand all of like that shit that's going on in the sort of, sort of like current man uh, manosphere world, 
that book was the beginning of it. Because yeah. I don't know, and, and I'm assuming that somebody like Andrew Tate probably is didn't even read that book. Maybe he did, but like uh, somebody like Fresh and Fit, I don't know. Maybe they read it, maybe they didn't. But that that book like was the first time I think I remember reading a book that was really like written from a man's perspective, talking about the world and how to sort of like get what you want mm. out of this world, you know? Mm. And it's like, that that was like a very unique position I think to take at that time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm missing like a million fucking books that had similar concepts and stuff, mm-hmm. but that just becoming such a big hit. And then I remember a couple years later, or maybe I was like blind to it at the time, but reading women's blogs, feminist blogs like mm-hmm. fucking Jezebel or whatever, who would be writing about the game and about these men who are like basically the pick the pickup artist world, mm-hmm. which is now basically the manosphere, mm-hmm. and they fucking just hated it like we're hmm. treating it like it was the most misogynistic thing on earth which i didn't really see that book as being like that when i read it like i saw it more as like you know this is advice that like guys mm-hmm. need and yeah a lot of it is like cringy and stuff in terms of just trying to like get as many numbers as possible mm-hmm. but in reality it's like you should want a society in which guys are like mm-hmm. feeling like they have some ability to learn how to talk to women mm-hmm. The book holds up really well in that regard. Neil Strauss never, you don't read any of his pickup stories and go, oh my God, I think they probably redacted this one in the newer versions of the book. It doesn't come off me too-y. And he does a good job too of calling out the behavior in the community that's super creepy. Like if a guy recommends in his pickup troupe reading a book on dog training in order to maintain his harem of women, Neil Strauss will call him out for being a psycho. Right. And the good messages of those of that book is that looks don't matter, and they prove that by wearing goggles and light up the backpacks and fake wigs and face piercings. But that shit's all peacocking to get girls to pay attention to you in the first place, right? But a lot of it, too, they purposely make themselves look ridiculous right. in an effort to prove that looks don't matter. And also, I... One thing that's weird about the pickup community, though, is those guys are excellent at seducing women in one night, but Uh then they can't really maintain the relationship because the girl sees behind the curtain as the sun rises the next morning and sees they live on their buddy's couch. They have no job. Their parents support them, and they just try to pick up chicks six nights a week. So my experience in paying attention to all that kind of stuff, like I read that book, and then there was a, a reality show the mystery method there was yeah. like a pickup artist guy named mystery he's he had, the best he had a show and i remember i downloaded the fucking season of it and watched it and uh thought that that was great and then after that i remember i went to some message board because i was like i want to see what these guys are actually talking to each other like i go to look at this message board and i just i noticed like a few threads in this there's like a a whole section to this like pickup artist uh message board about basically different hobbies that you could take up so that when you meet a woman you have interesting things to talk about Hmm. so it's like literally like a thread of like motocross advice Mm -hmm. or muay thai advice like these are are things that you should want to learn not because they're cool to learn Mm -hmm. or because they might be great life experiences but so that when you talk to a woman a woman will believe that you have some kind of value Mm -hmm. because you do these things and I just remember kind of leaving the site in shock after yeah. that because I was just like, this is insane that this is how these dudes look at this. Then there was another book I wrote on Picking Up Girls after the the game. It was called Mate, or I think they changed the title to What Women Want, and it advocated a more healthy approach. It advocated getting into Muay Thai or jet skiing, 
to fulfill yourself and give you a richer life, and that will help you eventually attract a higher quality mate. Right. It was saying, like, level the ground and make sure the foundation concrete is poured smooth before you build the house. Right. That was what it was advocating. Definitely, yeah. I mean, like, becoming a good version of yourself, like, definitely that's something that I think I understand way more now than I did 10 years ago is, like, to have, like, a create a lifestyle in which you are very comfortable and happy and then when a woman is able to like you know sort of identify what you have going on mm -hmm. it's just it's going to be like very enticing for her to mm -hmm. want to become part of that you know how important do you think it is for guys to go out and just bang a lot of chicks though in their 20s when they're poor and their lives aren't together you know i think about that a lot because it's like that was so clearly like my goal in my 20s me was too. just like yeah. let's, let's just get ass let's me just too, fuck yeah. as many girls as possible when it, but i didn't have my life together in any Same. meaningful way at all Same. you know yeah. and my life was a fucking mess and i'm bringing chicks home to this like you know mattress on the ground and like mm -hmm. you know a cat shitting in the corner and stuff mm -hmm. and that's just you know, I, it's like you, you could get laid like that, mm -hmm. but are you really going to attract like, you know, a high quality woman like that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I had a rule that I couldn't go on a date unless I was hammered <laughs> because I was so afraid of serious questions being asked about what I did yeah. and what my goals were. I wasn't prepared to answer those, so I would make sure we only went out at night and we were drunk and then I could play the routines that they write about in the game like, oh, I'm a cigarette lighter repair man. Right. I'm a you can make those jokes when you're hammered and it's midnight, but you can't when the two of you are going to a food truck by the Golden Gate Bridge at noon on Sunday. Right. That that requires answers and actually letting a girl in. And for my entire 20s, I couldn't let a girl in. Yeah, and when I think about it, it's like I was just pulling from like a pretty narrow grouping of women throughout most of my life because mm -hmm. I was like just not the kind of guy who was like taking myself seriously enough. Mm -hmm to attract a woman who was like similarly taking yourself serious you know mm -hmm. and when i actually look at my life it's weird because it's like as soon as i started to get like a degree of status i met another girl who was on a very similar level to me in terms of like where we were at in our come up and just like latched onto her as soon as our respective careers started doing better and it's like i don't know as soon as i started to feel that like upward trajectory it was just like, oh no, like I need to, I, I can't do this alone. I need to mm. be in a relationship. Like it just seems so much more appealing to me in that moment than mm -hmm. it ever had throughout all those years of just partying and just whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you start to ascend in status, your problems start to become a lot heavier. Yeah. The problems you have when you're broke, they suck, but you're anonymous and no other people depend on you and your failures aren't public. Mm. And when other people do depend on you and your failures are public, having somebody by your side who has your back no matter what is really important. Mm. Or it really helps. Which is now I feel definitely more exposed because I'm single. I Yeah, you're more exposed. Like you just Because, there, okay, there's a thing that's going on in your brain where you feel comforted or accommodated in terms of how your relationship, like when you're in a relationship, you know, where it's like, if if something terrible happens to me right now, if I get in a car accident, who's gonna be the first person freaking the fuck out, calling the insurance company for me, like you know, taking care of me when I get home and I got a bump on my head? It would be my girl, you know. Mm. It's like no matter what the fuck we might be going through, whatever hard times, whatever. If something bad happens to me, she's gonna fucking be there and she's mm. gonna take care of me. And then when you get out of a relationship, that is the fucking shitty ass part of it is that feeling of like, oh, I'm alone in this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you got in a car accident, first thing I would do, come loot the office. <laughs> yeah.
I'm taking these monitors. Come to the hospital, get some saltines. <laughs> Just come for the hospital food. Yeah, I don't know. No, you're you're right, man. To me, that's the thing. That's the depression that I see associated with like a breakup. Yeah. Is that you have this time period where your brain has to get used to not having, mm-hmm. or even just the part of like feeling loved, mm-hmm. just feeling like somebody really like that you you kind of possess somebody's love and that they are taken in that regard with you, mm-hmm. and that, in that in between period where you don't feel that good about it. That that can be the hard part, and that's why I feel like you being in a in a, a broken up state. I think you should be very careful with your emotions. I mm. don't think you should just get into a relationship right away if you meet a girl and it seems like it's oh this is great. Like I feel like you got to give yourself time, and if you obviously if you meet somebody, you're just going to end up dating them, right? But like if you really like them, but mm. I, I feel like you got to give yourself time to like heal emotionally before you can mm-hmm. kind of move on. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I'm still in that healing process. It's like you you get out of a relationship and then every other girl you see just seems like she doesn't measure up to your ex. Mm. Like I'm still in that state right now. Mm. So, and I you're right though. I'm I'm not prepared to get into another relationship just because I am such a workaholic and I want to get to a point in my career where I can take my foot off the gas just a little bit. I'm always going to work my ass off because I love what I do and I want to be the best at what I do Mm. or I want to be my best at what I do. Like I just don't want to let whatever gift I have go to waste if you could call it that. It's just kind of crazy when I look at your lifestyle and it seems like such a polar opposite to mine in the sense that like you're at where I was at when I was 31 Mm -hmm. where every second of the day was mine Mm -hmm. and i just any passion that i have anything i'm super interested in i can just be working on it where you know like because you know and you're right that like watching some old documentary or some old comedy special whatever like that this is all like important Mm -hmm. study this is all stuff that's important for you to know if you want to be truly great at your craft Mm -hmm. and quite often now it feels like aside from coming into the office and recording content and stuff that it's like my time is just being sort of taken in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. And so like that, the state that you're in is very admirable from my perspective. Like it's, it's an important thing. You should mm-hmm. hold on to it because as soon as you get in a relationship, it starts kind of sucking up at least some of your energy. Yeah. A lot of the greats though have functioned while in relationships or with children. Sure. A lot of people who are still great at what they do. Like I think Louis CK, like Louis CK, I'm pretty sure has a rule where he only works on comedy four days out of the week. Really? And the, this was at some point in his life. His daughters have now grown up and they've left the nest. They're in college. But when they lived with him, I think he dedicated three days. It was, it might've been after his divorce. Mm. So he'd have his daughters three or four days a week and he wouldn't work at all nearly half the week. And I guess that probably made him a lot more focused on the days he was working. So he was more productive Mm. day to day and it sort of balanced out because sometimes I work six days a week and by day five, I'm barely getting anything done. Mm. That concentration might have helped, but also just the experiences you have with your family, probably they come back to help you when you're podcasting. They help you relate to people better in a business sense. Yeah. And but from my perspective, it's kind of like, oh. I need to be spending time with my kid because she's just not going to be two years old for long. You know, it's like I have to slow my life down enough that I can try to be present on the weekends and actually just really spend time with her. And just, Mm. I mean, that is fucking hard for me at times because of the fact that for so much of my life, I was just going 24 seven. And, but when I look at my life now being 39, I also am like, even if all that shit went away, if I was 
single and like you know like god forbid my my kid didn't live here so it was like much more inconvenient for me to spend time with them or whatever not that i'm anywhere near this happening but if that were to be the case i also don't know if i would have it in me to be grinding 24 7 like the way that i was for all those years because i kind of feel like it's it's unhealthy like i have to like balance it out i have to have time to be human and everything Mm -hmm. which is not something i was affording myself Mm -hmm. earlier in my life yeah, I still got to work on that also, man. Mm. It's Sometimes I go to the gym and I'm doing jujitsu and I'm still thinking about work when I'm on the mats. Sundays, oh, dude, it's the worst. Sometimes when I, cause I upload my videos on Sunday, which is also my day off. Mm. Unfortunately, sometimes we're really late on the video and I have to do a polish or do something Sunday morning before it goes up. And if I get... St- if I open up YouTube and I upload the video and I my self-control breaks down and I go onto the video and check out its performance on Sunday morning, I'm done. I'm going to be checking the performance stats all day and my one day off is now spoiled because I couldn't control myself mm-hmm. and my mind doesn't get an opportunity to actually rest. But you really you don't think you can just sort of be like, okay, I looked at it. Now I'm not going to look at it anymore. No, it's like eating one Skittle. But if you, your ass is going to fucking rip into the whole pack. But you don't have that self-control to be like, eh, I'm not going to keep reading. Because I feel like your comments are like largely positive, right? Yeah, yeah. These are people who have chosen to watch 20 minutes of Danny Mullen. Sure. 40 minutes this week. To show them what's up. Big 40. This is rare, too. This isn't happening every Sunday, but occasionally it does happen. And it just... it it. it Let's just say I definitely need to be more like you and carve out more time for myself. Yeah, but also, okay, like, I'm personally, like, kind of of the opinion that I might never tweet again. Yeah, you're spending all your time on TikTok. No. I don't know if I'll do that again either. But, I mean, I'll probably TikTok for sure because that's just, like, kind of fun to me. But Twitter is, like, I don't know. It's just, like, I kind of feel like I've gotten all that I'm ever going to get out of it. When I look at Twitter, I don't feel like I'm really that attracted to like spending time on it and when i do spend time looking at it i don't feel like it makes me feel good Mm -hmm. i'm kind of like feeling like oh maybe this was just like a period in my life that is sort of over and also elon's kind of like torching it which is Mm -hmm. we don't have to get into all that but i don't know i just kind of feel like that shit might have kind of sailed for me and and it's causing me to be a lot more like reflective of it uh i'm listening to this like four hour sam harris podcast with lex friedman and Sam's talking about how he, because he deleted his Twitter account. He had millions of followers and he deleted it. And that's like a pretty big decision for him because, I mean, that is a big outlet for him to be able to promote his podcast or whatever on mm-hmm. any given time that he drops one. But he said that the main reason why he didn't want to, that he deleted it was because he felt like it was causing him to see a much worse, exaggerated version of a lot of his friends. Mm-hmm. When I think about Twitter, I don't think that. Because almost nobody I know uses Twitter. Like almost nobody that I'm friends with or even people that are like really my peers, you know, like here and there you'll see somebody like academics or Vlad using it, I guess. But like it's it's very uncommon. It's like really it's not like like in comedy I feel like it's fairly popular still. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like a good amount of conversations taking place on there. I, I pay attention to the poker world. I follow a lot of poker people and they use Twitter habitually. But in terms of like re- like when I look at my Twitter feed, it's – all politics mm-hmm. no rap stuff for the most part here and there a little bit of rap stuff but it's like it's just like and, and i have no real incentive to know about what's going on in terms of like political infighting you mm-hmm. know it's like I, I like to know about what's going on in politics but i don't think i need to know about like every journalist that's doing battle with some other random journalist about some random fucking topic that doesn't matter 
I think I'm sort of over a lot of the culture war stuff. I'm over, over the political polarization. What kind of did it for me, what made me realize that this whole thing is bullshit and it's an act, was Tucker Carlson, the text that got leaked where they just thought that the voter fraud claims were bullshit. Did but you they, feel deceived? They would still, well, yeah, it just, I mean, I, not that I was a huge Tucker Carlson fan, but that just drove the point home that none of these people actually believe what they're saying or mm. tweeting. They just have to take whatever stance is most popular in their party at this given moment in time in order to make more money for themselves or gain mm. more political power. And that is a very hollow world yeah. to be... Uh, to be on top of like to, to stay atop of that information is not really good for me mm. I guess yeah and it's it's weird too because like no jumper there's been like a meme I guess I would call it of sorts going around that no jumper is like pivoting to political content because we did a handful of podcasts with destiny and everything like that I don't know I mean like I'm I like talking about political stuff but also it's like I have no desire to get into the weeds of like really what's going on out there in terms of that shit. Like I yeah. you know Dick Masterson? Yeah. I like his podcast a bit. Like like he came on and stuff and I like somebody like him because it's like it's political but it's not like super serious. Like he can have a good time with it. It's sort of lighthearted, it's mm -hmm. fun. Like to me, that style is a bit more attractive of like you know, having like a fun, goofy podcast where you can talk about your personal lives and stuff, maybe something like this. Mm -hmm. But then also you could like dip your toe into talking about some stuff that's going into politics. But I think, you know, the, the, the idea that like I'm trying to like really go all in on politics is pretty outrageous. I don't really understand like where that came from. Politics suck, dude. <laughs> like I've been listening to shows and they just keep talking about like how DeSantis is going to run against Trump and their respective campaigns. And I just think, who gives a fuck, dude? Right. I'm not into the stuff that's like, oh, this might happen, so let's talk about how it might play out sure. if it does happen. Sure, sure. That is a gigantic waste of time. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like, same thing yesterday. I see there was a big school shooting. Mm -hmm. I am, like, I briefly think in my head, well, I could go on Twitter right now and, like, really try to figure out exactly what's happening with this. Mm -hmm. Or... I could wait till because I was busy yesterday doing interviews and stuff. Like, oh, or I could like wait till the end of the day, and you know, read a New York Times article about it or something that's a little bit more mm -hmm. consolidated. I don't, I don't need to understand the details of this mm -hmm. as it's playing out. Mm -hmm. And then with the for you tab on Twitter, when I'm looking at the for you tab yesterday, I'm seeing tweets from the quartering or whatever, like 20 hours before that, trying to figure out if the shooter was trans or not, mm -hmm. or trying to like basically trying to piece together how many people got killed, etc. And it's like, by not looking at Twitter for 24 hours, I spared myself everything mm -hmm. that I would have had to go through in terms of like trying to piece this all together mm -hmm. when it doesn't relate to my life mm -hmm. in any meaningful way. And I could just read about it later. Mikey, that is one rule. When you come out as trans, you can't shoot up the office, okay? Mm. I don't, you can't do it, dude. That would be appreciated. Please, dude. Let's use this opportunity to do battle with the trans community now that one of theirs has taken six of ours <laughs> six christian youth assuming that they were all cishet no because three three were nine-year-olds and then three were adult teachers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm not sure how they chose the victims or anything yeah and the they're refusing to release the manifesto why because it's it's might look bad for the trans community i've seen people on the right acting as if they're not releasing it because they're basically scared of yeah like the gay agenda or the the, the gay community will be deeply upset because presumably the manifesto will be used to mm -hmm. sow violence against mm -hmm. them. I'm not sure how realistic that is. 
I guess just whatever the manifesto says, people could just say, this is what you did. This is what you did to trans people in Tennessee. Right. This is what all your anti-trans legislation did. So, Well, but that, they're going to say that either way. Right? Yeah. That's, that's another reason why politics suck is just people can turn anything. I had a bit that I was doing on stage about it, how oh. either side can take the same set of facts and just twist totally opposite narratives out of the same material. Right. Well, if you're going to unalive yourself, you don't just like – print out a fucking document and leave it in your car or some shit right you Mm -hmm. gotta send that shit to a bunch of journalists and stuff before you fucking pull the trigger right like if you really if you wanted to get your manifesto out there to the world you can't just assume that the cops are going to turn it over right you got to fucking publicize it. Yeah, I mean, you at least got to wrap it up neatly on your kitchen counter before you go do the shooting yeah but even then it's going to become possession of the cops or whatever it's like you know schedule it as an email blast that you know no but they're going to turn your computer off or something probably too they're going to eliminate your gmail yes yeah, i was going to say maybe um put like schedule post it on patreon and give the money to your next of kin well I, I but i saw this this girl this trans girl kill herself and is that she, your, she, your house this weekend no she tweeted the fucking link to this the unalive note mm. as she did it i think like posted it boom Unalived yourself. I, I like unalive note more than manifesto. Like, is this is this Vladimir <laughs> Lenin who's going through the schools shooting up third graders? It's listen, listen, it's, it's not a manifesto. Okay, it's mm. the ravings of some lunatic. Unalive note is more like it. You've got a bunch know. of shitty opinions. That's why you're at the place mentally where you think this is an acceptable act. Th- this is this is horseshit. To be fair. This person, from reading about it, their parents had basically like hired like armed goons to like infiltrate her life to try to like convince her to come back to the family's like conservative religious thing or whatever. And like, so she had like people infiltrating her life, hmm. trying to like basically convince her to detransition and return to her family. Mm-hmm. I don't know to what extent that led to her unaliving herself, but. Yeah. I was pretty. This the Tennessee shooter, or is this somebody else? This is a separate thing. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's different. That's wild. At least, I mean, if you're, that's still tragic. I think that individual still should have gotten a Greyhound bus ticket to San Francisco, (laughs) and not unalived themselves. That would be good. Yeah. But I mean, definitely unaliving yourself is better than taking a bunch of kids with you. That I was going to say the Tennessee person. I don't care who was doing what. That's why I want to read the manifesto, to be honest, or why I want to at least like see some fucking highlights is because I want to understand what part of you wanted to kill some nine-year-olds on the way out. I think on the plane ride to your wedding, I'm probably going to read it. Oh, God. <laughs> Stock down the aisle with an AR. Just hold it up. Like, Does anybody in. have any objections? I do. Get a get a seat in first class and just post up. And just <laughs> the unalive note. Yeah, hopefully it's in hard. Uh, yeah, hardback at that time. So they call it hardback. Hardback, hardcover. Hardcover. There we go. So you're just fully in the the. Are, are you trying to be sort of like spiritual with how you approach this? Are you trying to like? take care of yourself mentally do you have anyone that you can talk to you know we've been talking a little bit but i feel like maybe you might desire that i'm pretty good dude if i have a bad day if i'm feeling down or depressed it i'm usually out of it by the time i wake up the next morning okay i'm pretty i heard adam carolla say something that like uh he his brain is like a corolla it's like a japanese car that just keeps running it doesn't really have any problems doesn't have a lot of maintenance that's sort of how my brain works too right i've got a 
a series of like meditations I do now and like self wellness shit where yeah. it takes a lot to rock me. And I'm usually after even a, like a stretch of bad days, I recover pretty how fast. Much, how much time are you spending on meditation in the morning or whatever? I meditate for 15 minutes every morning, but my whole routine I do takes an hour and a half to two hours. What's the rest of it? I read Full on David Goggins over here. I hop in an ice bath. I go out and call a fat person a pussy. <laughs> I, I do a, a thousand pull-ups. Yeah. No, I I wake up and I read for about 15, 30 minutes. I have a gratitude journal where I write down three things I'm grateful for every morning. I look over my goals, short, medium, and long-term. Uh-huh. I look at houses I want to one day own. I have an incantation, I say. that's It takes me about two minutes to get through, and it basically programs me to go out and seize the fucking day uh-huh. and then i stretch out i stretch out my legs while listening to something inspirational and then i meditate for 15 minutes i need to return to this and pay attention to what you just said because that sounds so much more holistic than whatever the fuck i'm doing which is none of that going on tiktok and showing the world your breakfast uh, yeah i haven't done that in a while maybe i should do that that uh, was my favorite version of you <laughs> you were just hyped on tiktok i know what happened to me i lost it i don't know my girl was on it like hardcore no and it got real bad because she left for three weeks she went to europe uh-huh. that's when i was just i like replaced her uh-huh. with hardcore poker study uh-huh. and making tiktoks about my breakfast uh-huh. somebody uh some mysterious figure through the tiktok almost talked you into being a chinese spy yeah no okay so this weekend saturday and sunday my girl had to be at an only fans reality show shooting with a bunch of other OnlyFans girls, she had to leave the house at like 6.30 in the morning. So she had to leave like basically at the exact time that the kid is waking up. And she was getting back by like 3.30 or whatever, which might sound kind of early, but when you have a kid, that basically means that like the kid's going to bed like four hours after that. So I don't know. It was pretty fucking weird for me to be on like solo single dad tip for, for Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Saturday, I take her. I drive up north. I hang out with my parents and my uh, my and Josh and my sister and stuff and their kids. Sunday, you take her to Melrose Place, try to pick up chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, yeah, mommy died in a cruise ship accident. <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> oh dear lord, uh, I, I recant this the statement. No, but I, so that was Saturday. We like went to the library and stuff. And then I get her back to the crib by like one so she could take her nap. And we only have to hang out for like a little bit before mom gets home. But then Sunday I had already used up the like hanging out with the family card on Saturday morning. So instead I'm just like hanging out with my kid like the whole day. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, it made me realize just like how much more depressing being a parent would be if I wasn't doing it with someone else. Really? Yeah. Like do like the the relationship part and how much closer we feel through how much we love our kid mm-hmm. is just such an important part of it. Now it's like obviously I was having fun hanging out with my kid and stuff, but it's like in comparison to having your girl there with yeah. you, enjoying it with you, and yeah, also yeah. like f- clearly like understanding like how to be a good parent better than me mm-hmm. since I'm an idiot yeah, yeah. i don't know it's just kind of like they, they gave me a nice window into how whack having a kid and being split up would probably be it'd be really tough dude imagine being poor and being a single parent too like how much of a disadvantage that is for your kid if you have to work you know honestly i've never even like thought about what it, what my life 
with a kid would be like if I wasn't making a fair amount of money, which is probably something I should consider because that could happen and you'd want to be ready for it. Yeah, if you worked at a BMX shop and you were a single dad and then like your fucking cousin named Charlie has to babysit your First daughter. thing I think about selling drugs. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I, I, I wouldn't be that broke if I started selling drugs. Hmm. I don't know if that's the right way to think of it. But. Hmm. I'm trying to think what I would do in a pinch. Gay porn, don't have the body for it. Gay porn, there you go. I probably would just because like my audience right now, if I had a baby and I needed like, okay, I need a hundred grand to tide me over for this year to pay for the kid's daycare and shit. Like <laughs> if I just take one cock, my fan base will pay almost anything I ask to see me take that. Will they though? It'll get pirated. Like yeah. the, the shrewder guys on Reddit will figure out a way. Hmm. But hey, you know, I, th- I still think I'm bringing in at least 60 G's if I just take a dick on OnlyFans. Probably more. 60? I think I could pull in 100 Gs if I take a dick. But how if ba- Dread fucked my ass. How bad are you going to feel if you make 1,500 bucks and you no longer have a functioning asshole? I could have just dropped the T-shirt. <laughs> I could have just put out a new merch design and made the same amount of money. Because there's, there's girls out there who drop OnlyFans and then they have that feeling. Damn. Why did I do this? Damn. Hot ones, though? I've There's like uh, Twitter accounts, like you know OnlyFans girls posting their L's, and I've seen these kinds of things on those accounts of like girls being like god i've been on stream for five hours and i made 13 dollars like only the people said only fans was gonna be easy and i'm just like ooh, damn it's one thing to go out to hollywood and try to be a stand-up comic and then have to move back to iowa with your tail between your legs but when you come out here and you're putting it all on the line opening the legs video on the internet right that's a hard thing to return to mom and pop after doing and failing but i've known so many girls over the last like six years who have only fans we're having sex on only fans and i have to imagine that they either are already returned to normal life or will be returning to normal life mm-hmm. at some point in the very near future and those videos are out there to some extent maybe the girls could like delete their only fans or whatever and no boss is ever going to figure it out or whatever. But yeah, when I think about how many chicks I knew in 2017 or 2018 who had OnlyFans, and they're definitely not doing anything now. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't yeah, know. Some of them, I mean, the money these chicks make, some of them probably have a nice little nest egg. I'm talking about chicks who are making like $500 a month uh, at their yeah. peak, you know? But the, they're fucking getting banged in the ass. In the ass? Maybe. Oh, they could never go back to regular life. I'm just saying. There's so much content on the internet of chicks getting fucked now. I think what you're saying is true, that their future employer, especially when they use a name like, uh, I don't know, Daisy Queen, like no future employer or boyfriend is probably, maybe a future boyfriend. There is a possibility. Boyfriend, yeah, you should probably still disclose that, I would say. Yeah, absolutely, you got to. You don't want them to find out six months in. And they probably will, too. Like, imagine if you or I, like, I mean, in an alternate universe, you're single, we start dating a chick. If that chick had ever done anything shady in her past, oh, you can count on our fans to dig that up and send us the clip oh, yeah. of her getting her cheek split. Oh, of course. My fans would inform me with the <laughs> quickness, of course. That would actually be the worst feeling of, like, if, you, if you were single and dating and just knowing that you would have to hide everything about the girls that you were dating to yes. a certain extent because you don't want the fucking Reddit to figure it out yes. before... You know, like, and that, that was the great thing about dating Mia, my ex, is she just had a couple of boyfriends before me, and 
apparently there were no highly shameful public sex acts committed by her because I would have seen those if they existed. Right. Whereas the next chick I date, who knows? Maybe the guy who was her ex-boyfriend is super left-wing and thinks I'm like a neo-Nazi or something. Maybe he's got a video of him having her eat his asshole. Yeah. And now that's in my direct messages on Instagram. And I have to, oh, wow, okay. That's cool. There's my beloved Courtney. My broken heart. Yeah, it, my heart breaks now and forever, having seen this girl I was thinking about getting engaged to, chocolate starfish in this dude. Yeah. What, well, hey, whatever your your girl, if my girl left me, you can only imagine. Yeah. She'll be taking the finest of the finest BBCs. You think so? Well, at some point. Hmm. It would be nice if that should be written into the prenup, <laughs> like what the what the the, the gap in time <laughs> <laughs> between your white cock and a black one. No, I'm just your saying any theory. cock. Yeah, or mm. any, like on camera cock. That would probably be a pretty big uh, strategic decision. What do you think you need a year? I, there's no way I'm asking for a year. Six months. In reality, I have too much pride to ask for any such thing. But yeah. six months would be all right. Yeah, that's the thing about being a content creating couple is even my ex, she still lives in L.A. and is still like on Instagram and has a podcast and I mean, could be spotted theoretically walking down the street with her new boyfriend. You Does she wish... have one or is this hypothetical? Uh, not that I know. Of. OK, but you um, yeah, not, not that I know. That's totally hypothetical. But it wouldn't it be nice to be like a carpenter who's dating a girl who works at a sandwich shop and you guys break up and then you move to a completely different state. And she doesn't have social media. Right. And just nobody gives you shit about it ever. But you know what? Those, that be nice? those people are thinking, wouldn't it be nice to be an OnlyFans girl or a podcast? That's true. Wouldn't it be nice to be Danny Muller or Adam 22 and be <laughs> hanging around porn star chicks all the time? But then once you you actually like get that level of notoriety, then you start to realize, like, ah, there are bad things about this. Oh, yeah. it just makes your life like drastically more confusing. And then you can look at the waitress at the Applebee's and be like, oh, well. You don't know, but you got pretty good. Nobody gives a fuck about you. You can just do whatever the fuck you want here. But that's obviously not her perspective. Yeah, her yeah. perspective is, I'm broken working at Applebee's. This sucks dick. It's. I think it's just the human condition that we must always be dissatisfied with our position. Yeah. Unless you're a Buddhist monk. Apparently, they're very, very happy. Like, um, I mean, if you and I were the children of billionaires, that seems pretty good, right? You're not in the spotlight. Your life is pretty private because you're just like a child. Maybe yeah. there's a Wikipedia page on you. But basically, you just sit around all day enjoying your money. Those kids are all drug addict, miserable fucks. Well, the, that doesn't exactly. work either. The other day, we were having a conversation, and somebody was talking about trust fund kids. And I said, I am so fucking jealous of trust fund kids. Mm -hmm. And my girl was like, what are you talking about? Like, don't you think that everything about your personality has been shaped by the fact that you had to hustle and grind to mm -hmm. get where you're at in life? Mm -hmm. And I go, yes. And I think all of that was very informative and very important but if i could go back in time and just have a fucking trust fund mm -hmm. i would i mean that would be great too like the level of security that that would have given me like mm -hmm. functionally like even i had an uncle die and he had some money now the money doesn't go to me it goes to my parents but presumably at some point that money will become mine six or seven hundred grand mm -hmm. i'm not gonna go into details but I mean, there's a big fucking level of security associated with that just in the sense of like oh so you know, I, I kind of got to the point where it's like it doesn't matter that much, but it is nice to know, like, oh, you have something to fall back on. And obviously, like, when you're, when you haven't done shit with yourself, you don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. It'd be nice to have a trust fund now and to not know 
that we were ever going to get that money and never count on it. Yeah. That would be nice, I guess. But even if I was handed $10 million by some benevolent god, I'm not sure that would be great for me right now either. I'm not sure it would be great for you. Do you think everything in your life would stay the same? I think there would be a very degenerate two months. Hmm. I think I would spend some time in Las Vegas. Because $10 million, you never have to work again if you don't want to. But after that, I think things would go back to being pretty much how they are now. Mm. Maybe with just, I would hire more help, and I would have a better business model slash structure because I would have professionals breaking it down what I should do. And maybe I would have a little bit more time for myself on the beach reading a book every now and then. Mm. But I think otherwise, it'd it'd be pretty much the same as it is now. It's interesting. I just wonder if, like, the drive to make a killer YouTube video goes away as soon as the financial incentive leaves. I don't think it would go away. I mean, look at fucking Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, those guys are getting tackled by 300-pound animals. Like, and like that. Why would they do that if they have all that money in the bank? Because the desire the glory. to be, the, well, just, yeah, the glory, being recognized as being really good at what you do. Clearly, that motivates people after they've attained a level of riches. The glory of getting three hundred and twenty thousand views on this week's video when the week before you did three hundred. Oh boy, I'm starting to get a boner just thinking about that potential. That, that was good, right? That's it's got to sound kind of appealing. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's. I mean, it's really just the... It does suck when a video fucking bombs. But, I mean, the process of making something and watching back and being like, all right, we are leveling up as a squad here. This right. video is objectively better than anything we could have made last year. Mm. That's nice. Or now I'm doing stand-up, and that's a new frontier. Like, that was a really good set. How's stand-up going? It's going pretty well, dude. Like, I've had a couple shows that were, like, okay, but I've had, like, two shows now where, like, I fucking slayed. Do you feel like you're going in there as Danny Mullen, the YouTuber, like, that a significant portion of the people know about you? Or are you more like, I'm Danny Mullen, I'm a YouTuber, like, do do they feel familiar with you, or does it feel like you're introducing yourself most of the time? It's a lot of fans at the show. Like, my better shows have been when it's just a couple of my fans and a lot of random people, actually. But, um... Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's it's weird. Like, when you get on stage in front of a lot of people, there's this weird fight-or-flight thing that kicks in where you know for the next 10 minutes you can't walk off the stage. You just you have to perform because otherwise all these people are going to fucking judge you. It's one thing if you put up a shitty YouTube video. You're not seeing or feeling the judgment as much. Mm. But it when you're on the stage and you have to dance this thing kicks in like uh, some part of you from deep inside just comes out and it surprises you. And sometimes like I do shit on stage or I feel things on stage that like I haven't felt before. You like you hump a stool. I hump a lot of stools. I pretend the microphone's my penis. Mm. That's about five minutes of my act. And then I pretend to take a shit for the last five. What, what, what are some topics? You don't have to tell us the jokes. What, what your, your primary bit. What are you talking about? Uh, I got a couple. I, I have like one thing about politics I do. I have um, a bit about women pilots that I. John Zerka is a big fan of that as well. Who's John Zerka? Yeah, we did some podcast with him, and he's yeah doesn't, doesn't he doesn't believe women should be flying planes. Basically, well, count me into that group too. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bit like my bit on that is basically that like because Southwest they actually did reduce the amount of hours that women have to fly in training by mm. half. They're like it was a thousand for turbine engines. Now it's five hundred. And my bit is basically that like they can fly five hundred hours, 
those better be the most fucked up 500 hours mm. ever. Like, they better have to fly round trip to the Bermuda Triangle with a co-pilot who's holding a Koran and a box cutter <laughs> when there's only, like, diet soda in the tanks for jet fuel. Like, Islamophobia. That was, is that what that is? It's okay that's to be. stuff. Yeah. That's, People love that. The thing about Islamophobia <laughs> now, the, the the Middle Easterns, you can make, you can make fun of them again. They're We're cool? Back. Well, it just y'all squashed it. it. It's just well, yeah. I'm the guy who was holding everybody up. No, just like Middle Easterners are too successful to be like victims. There was a week there where Destiny was like straight going to war with the the Muslim community. Really? Yeah. What was he saying? Talking about the Prophet. Talking about he had a problem with Muhammad. Specific accusations or things about the Prophet that I choose not to dip my toe into. He was fucking an older woman. The Prophet. He was fucking like a fifty year old hag. That, respect him I, I would not say that that is the thing that Destiny was saying. I would say that the thing that Destiny was saying was almost the opposite of that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like <laughs> just seeing him being so willing to jump into this fucking acidic vault of controversy – I'm just like, bro, you are a better man than me because yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not hopping into the fire on Twitter like that. Dude, all those prophets are fucking amazing. Like Muhammad Muhammad and Jesus were real dudes. And even if you strip away all the supernatural attributions that have been piled up on them over time, because a lot of that like a lot of the elements of Christianity <laughs> and Islam are man made after Muhammad and Jesus lived, but they were both historical dudes who did a mm. lot of fucking incredible shit. Like Muhammad built up an army out of nothing thing and like went around and conquered a bunch of vastly superior forces yeah so fuck you destiny he's, he's a great guy they're badasses i mean great i don't know dude. I, as far as i knew i heard he was fucking some old withered hag again peace be with him i will leave it to the comment section i have no opinion he was fucking like a, some old like bitch who sold goods out of a fucking hut sure it's like I, a, I, listen hey after the richard spencer pod fucking I'm, i gotta keep my I'm, I'm not jumping into anything that i do not have any sort of specialized expertise in I did take two history of Islam courses in college. Most of that knowledge has abandoned me, clearly, mm. except for my respect for the Prophet. Peace be upon him. Good guy. Um, okay, what else do we got to talk about? Herpes. You got it? How's that going? Flare up. I forgot to say earlier that when uh, we were talking about your, your single life that I was speaking with a woman that I know the other day, and she's like, yeah... I'm going out with Danny like in a couple of days. And I'm like, really? I'm like, what did he say? She said, "Do you want to get drunk?" Well, yeah, that's your line. Well, no, well, no. Let's I, go out drinking. Let's I, go out drinking. I think that was oversimplified. Okay. I had a show, and I was inviting people uh, to my show. Oh, okay. And that wow, that sounds so much less sinister. And this individual, uh, it was not just me and this individual hanging out. There were other people too. Uh -huh. But yeah, I did for a little bit. I was planning on having a bender and getting really drunk this weekend. Mm. But then the workaholic part of me pushed out, and I ended up not getting drunk. So you're not. Uh, how much drinking have you been doing? None or I had two drinks last Saturday, and that's a lot for me. Like okay. I, I kind of felt like a piece of shit because I had two drinks. Interesting. So the the Danny Mullen getting shit faced would be what ten drinks, eight drinks, anything over four drinks. I consider getting drunk. If you were getting drunk at this point in your life, would you be pushing yourself to the limit, or would you be, you know, just getting a little, a little, you know, like I, I had three drinks maybe, like strong drinks, like uh -huh. in Vegas. I think it was probably like the equivalent of maybe like three or four drinks, and I was 
you know, I was feeling it. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was feeling it. It was like three months ago now, Jesus Christ. But, like, you know, I was feeling, like, not drunk, but I was feeling I had that energy that the alcohol was giving me. Yeah. And if I stopped drinking, I felt like, oh, this is going to kind of go away. And yeah. I really want to go home and go to bed. I would say once you hit that point you're talking about, you're straddling the point of no return. Mm. And I lean on the side of just fucking stepping on that accelerator, taking two more tequila shots, steady flow of Corona's coming in. Because if you just get it out of your system. See, that sounds so good. But then in reality, I don't know, getting drunk just sounds fucking kind of rough yeah but if you have three drinks in you i feel like the next day you're already gonna feel not great mm. and you might as well just drink so much it's <sighs> it comes back to the old method of just making your kids smoke a pack of marlboros if you catch him smoking it's one. like you're doing that to yourself you do that to yourself. teach but yourself a lesson you do that to your kid when you first catch him smoking you don't do that every time if you made him smoke a whole pack you're gonna kill him if every time they fucking want to smoke one cigarette you make him smoke a whole pack uh, so that's not what that crime and punishment that's dude. not supposed to be the lesson that that's how you do it dude uh, you sound like uh you sound like a george soros da right now i don't know but the the, the i don't think that's how that was meant to be interpreted yeah i, I say fucking <laughs> death penalty basically <sighs> fucking 25 to life for even the most minor of offense i if i catch you token up you're smoking as much weed as I can fit in a paper shopping bag, okay? See, at a certain point, that would just be like, fine. Like, imagine if you were addicted to cigarettes and your parents were like, every time you you smoke one <laughs> cigarette, we're going to buy you another pack of cigarettes. You'd be like, whoa, infinite cigarette glitch. <laughs> yeah, but you got to smoke them under my supervision in like 20 minutes. Yeah, that's like... You got to do, you got to put them all in the mouth. Like, oh, I, I, do I don't want to touch this mic with my Riley mouth. Reed, but yeah. we, don't, we don't clean these, really. Riley, yeah, this, it's tough to clean. Can you, Mike, can you throw these in the wash tonight? I think it'll be easy. Just air dry. The jeans of your of your pants or the the pocket of your jeans. That might have been the most tragic part of my breakup. Is my girlfriend and I we split a couch, and then she moved out, so I had to pay for the whole couch. But one of my last acts while we were together is I spilt just a couple droplets of coffee on one of the cushions. Since it was a new couch, I wanted to immediately remedy the situation. I take the cover off, put it in the washer, put it in the dryer. And now the cover is so shrunken oh, no. that the expensive-ass couch looks deformed. Oh. And, of course, improper cleaning is not covered in the warranty. So I'm out, like, 2200 bucks for a couch that needs to be replaced now. I feel like you could order another cover for the cushion. They say they discontinued that couch. Oh. So now I need to get an upholsterer. Or to it, make you one that looks similar, I or guess. Maybe you could freak it. Maybe you could make it like a different color, and make it kind of like a funky, cool couch Ooh. that has like a different colored cushion, right? Or make it a joke. You're a funny man. Make yeah. It a, a, get somebody to make you one that's like a picture of your face, or one of the Marx Brothers on the, it. Or the something. girls will think it's a bit. Oh yeah, that's great. I feel like Sydney would have a uh, couch that's like checkerboard colored at her house. I feel like Sydney's life is just out of a Tim Burton movie. Our. Uh, our lovely woman operating the the monitors right now i've never inquired about that yeah. she probably has a fucked up multicolored couch mm. and yeah like something uh like the queen would have in alice in wonderland right like that's what i gotta go for like it just fucking i would like to share an announcement with you is that my my house we my house flooded at the very beginning of the year good so she get for all the sins yes but this is like right after avn's like two days later house floods that's a sign from god dude. yes the yeah. fucking water comes into the house 
we have contractors come in they start pulling up back the floorboards looking under it ah! all of a sudden like they're like no there's already mold growing in your kids room because like our kids room kind of gets at the worst and so we spent i don't know maybe like a month with our floorboards in like a huge percentage of our house pulled up off the ground and basically like these guys just like you know ripping apart the concrete and fucking scrubbing it and drying it. There was like a whole week where we just had huge fans in our house, super loud, no chance of us being able to like watch anything in TV on the TV or whatever. Like basically just had to like completely abandon our whole house besides our bedroom. So everything's taking place in our bedroom. Now we got the crib in there. The kids sleep. The kids been sleeping in our bedroom for like two months. It's fucking yeah. whack. Whatever you're doing in there, I hope it's legal in the state of California. Shut up. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, <laughs> How much does that cost? Does insurance cover that? I pre- I, presumably, insurance is going to cover all of it. Because but... that's... Dude, the rain has been so gnarly in California this year. This We just did our second flood video this weekend, and we just went up to Tulare County. That is... Dude... Like, I, I feel for you, man, because nothing is worse than water damage. And I never knew. I went my whole life not knowing how bad water damage could be. Yeah. You know, even like you're watching like a documentary and it's like, oh, this this whole town flooded and all these people lost their their houses and their possessions their entire life went to shit. And I'm, I'm kind of watching it and I'm like, just from some water? Like, can't you just move yeah. back in? Like, isn't it fine? Yeah, yeah. People go to water parks and have fun. That's what I get. Yeah, that's what I get for, like, not really paying attention to the... Your house is sunsplash now, dude. Get an inner tube. Yeah, like, somehow I had no empathy for the victims of flooding until I experienced remote flooding in my home. Do you think water damage is like getting molested for houses? Just because it's the gift that keeps on giving? Like, it stays with you for a long time, and there are lingering consequences, and... I don't know how much time I want to put into thinking about this, but... <laughs> It's like, it's like your house got diddled. <laughs> no, because my my floor is going to be fine now. My floor has no memory of what happened to it. <laughs> but you do. <laughs> well, yeah, and my, my kid's bar that she just kept saying over and over, the house is broken. The broken house. Yeah. And then she starts saying, they fixed it. They're that, fixing the house. That could have been an alternative title for this podcast is Broken House. Or I think I'm going to call it Living Single. Mm. Mm. Is that corny? Well, it's kind of it's kind of hip. Mm. What'd you say about the house after it got repaired? The house, the house is once again. The house is fixed. No, that's uh, good. She's got resolution in her whole life. Okay, but you want to hear something crazy? What? Is that so? There's all these guys working on the house like, yeah. for days at a time, and she she kept hearing me and Lena call them the guys. Mm-hmm. So in her little kid brain, it's like that's their name. They're the guys. Mm-hmm. So she just keeps saying like, "Where are the guys? Like, are the guys coming today? <laughs> Where are the guys at?" And uh, one day she just tells me, "The guy hit me." I go, "What?" She goes, "He hit me in the belly button, and I have an ouchie." <laughs> and it's just like you check the security cameras. I know for a fact that there's not been a moment that she was actually alone with these guys and that if they did have a moment alone with her they probably weren't gonna punch her in the stomach i don't know it's kind of hard to believe but that was kind of freaky to me like oh shit like she could just say whatever yeah and like this is like something i'm like completely certain is not true but what if it was like something that was more plausible yeah and you and i are paranoid now being influencers in the age of me too it's like um stuff chicks are gonna make up i mean it starts with her saying that a contractor <laughs> punched her in the stomach for no reason. What, what if she starts to get a better control of the English language and I figure out this did happen? 
Yeah, the guy was I can't put over. that on those guys. Those guys seem great. I'm, I'm just be totally Do they, though? Not I mean, the think little about kid it. stomach-punching types. Do you ever smell alcohol fumes on them in the morning? No. Do they ever talk about bets that went horribly wrong for March Madness? <laughs> oh, I could just punch a toddler. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe I bet the under on Duke. I just want to kick something that's soft. Oh, man. Man, my kid's like experimenting with a lot of different languages, though. She'll go, Dada, I'm sad. Oh. But she's like, she's not sad. She's not like, she didn't even know what that means. Mm. She just like heard somebody else say they're sad. So like, she's in like a totally jolly mood, but she'll kind of like hang her head down and go like, Dada, I'm sad. Do you give her TikTok? Hell no. Good. Never. Good. That's where she might have picked up some of that, that uh, Did you see that emo uh, shit. Sophia Coppola's daughter on Twitter? Fill me in. What happened? Oh my God. Can we pull this up? On the screen, just search uh, Sofia Coppola TikTok. This is what you got to, to be, this is what could happen to you in your life if things go horribly wrong. Okay, I'm excited. So basically, I'm expecting some sort of super woke attention getting ruse here. Basically, like, I would say that who are the Coppolas? They're like famous directors or some shit. Francis like. Ford Coppola? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's their This is secretly Sydney's favorite daughter. TikToker. That's why she's trying to protect her. There's so much to deconstruct. That needs to be studied like, in a university. That I saw that and just was immediately like, "That's what having a kid is going to be like." That at some point they're going to basically like turn on you and like just make content like clowning your achievements and like, bro, think about what she just tried to do with the fucking credit card. She probably buy, buy a helicopter ride from yes. New York to Maryland. She claims to be a latchkey child, throws her parents under the bus for not being home enough. For the record, that was a slightly sped up version of that. Yeah. So it was a little bit uh, bewildering watching that. Like yeah, when I saw I the that. original, it was a little bit more normal. Yeah. That's fucked up. So no matter what you do, I mean, look at that beautiful house they gave her. Yeah. They, it's a little slap on the wrist when she drops 130 grand on a chopper flight. I don't For know how all of that, do, something, yeah. she's, she's publicly shitting on them and making them look like, she's not even shitting on them. She's just backhanded jab. To use the terminology of the game, she's negging her parents. Right. These little darts that tell America the, the Coppolas are awful, not available parents. But think about what her parents are doing. Her parents aren't well allowing her on TikTok because they know that especially due to their fame, their daughter using social media in a way that would be totally fucking normal for any other kid to use could be massively devastating to their personal brand or their business or whatever. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't say that that video necessarily like crossed over into the like massively negative mm -hmm. territory, but assuming that they are somewhat private people who don't want to be being discussed privately, they just spent 16 years raising this kid and then that's how she's just going to put them on blast. And it, it, what's great is that she said, 
I'm not going to blow up on TikTok or TikTok is not going to make me famous. Exactly. Yeah, it was the person who downloaded the video and uploaded it to Twitter where it got like fucking 400,000 likes or some shit. Yes. They made you famous. The algorithm didn't have to do it. She has an asexual babysitter who who knows what that guy's doing. He's feminizing various words in her Fiasca. vocabulary. Yeah. Fiasco. Unnecessary. Didn't and, have to do that. And you see how he was touching the dog? Bro, that, that guy's a creep. Banging the dog for sure. That guy, I was reading another tweet basically saying that that guy... I forget exactly what it was, but that guy has like a PhD or some shit. Like that guy is like that's how rich this family is, is that you can hire a guy with like many, many hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of education mm -hmm. to watch your sixteen year old daughter while you're away. And that's the other kind of fucked up thing too. She said they're never home. Mm -hmm. I wonder what that actually means, like how often they are home. That's a good point. If she's exaggerating it, I'm sure they're busy, but that's my biggest issue with that is that's clearly for all the hard work they've done raising her, that's the thanks. They get publicly aired out yeah. as being these absentee parents. But think about when you were 16. Yeah. And if you had rich, successful parents. And think about how much, like, when I was 16, I didn't give a fuck what my parents were talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to be my own person. Whatever you guys want for me, that's your problem. I'm out here. Mm -hmm. I'm riding bikes till 5 in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing graffiti. I don't give a fuck what you guys are talking about. So I can imagine that to her, her attitude is like, I didn't ask to be born into this fucking environment. Now she's mm -hmm. blind to the reality that she gets to live this privileged upbringing where mm -hmm. ordering a fucking helicopter is even a possibility. Mm -hmm. She said she said she got the helicopter to go see her camp friend. <laughs> so like just the fact that she's like got friends from camp yeah, in Maryland and that that's so important to her that she needed to steal the credit card. Can you think of a flimsier friendship than a camp friend? But too? did you have camp we friends? We did archery. I mean, I did. I went to Boy Scout camp, so I had friends that were in my Boy Scout troop. I didn't have a, like another friend from camp. I had a because my parents were like on and off with going to a church, and there was like a a camp associated with a church that uh, there with the church that me and my parents went to for a period of time. And so I think like the summer after fourth and fifth grade, or maybe like fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, I went to like a boys girls christian fucking camp off in the woods whatever and yeah you would make a lot of friends while you're at camp and then we would write letters back and forth because this is pre-email or anything and you know inevitably at some point those letters would kind of like slow down and you'd stop writing each other letters but those camp friendships seem like a big deal and this is my my main memory from that time period is that there was a girl i wish i could remember her name she was uh indigenous i think she was very portly mm. very big boned mm. and i became friends with her at camp you know she was nice she's probably good she probably knew how to start a fire she probably knew how to make it rain if it wasn't raining all those sorts of things yeah and so we became friends we we're writing each other letters over the course of you know however many months after this camp and then she tells me that she got cast in a movie She's going to have like a leading role in a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger starring in the movie as well and that they were filming it in New Hampshire. Was that true? No. She was lying to me. She oh. was living out her little fat girl dreams and like just <laughs> telling me like – and, and I, think, I think I remember at the time telling my mom – because I was genuinely happy for it. And I'm like 11. I'm like 12. I'm like not smart enough to realize this is bullshit. And my mom telling me like, Adam – she seems like a nice girl, but I don't think that Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming to New Hampshire for two months to film a movie and being like, what? Like, why would she lie? 
And that was the last time Adam trusted a native. Mm. No, I'm, I'm still open to that. Are you? Sure. You know, you, you just you're shaking hands one day, finishing off a business deal, then you get a bag full of arrows. I still am holding out hope that Arnold Schwarzenegger really did do a movie with her, and it's just it got shelved. Was was Kindergarten Cop filmed in New Hampshire by any chance? We were just actually I was just looking up the that came out years before that. I'm pretty sure we were just looking up the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he became a mom. He had like a big pregnant belly. His take on Mrs. Doubtfire? I thought it was Mr. Mom. I didn't. But it's not. I That's think I might movie. have. I don't know. I might have seen that. My One of my ex-roommates works with Arnold Schwarzenegger, so I'm actually fairly familiar with the man. Really? Yeah. So you've been around him a couple times? I haven't been around him, but I hear some pretty fucking funny firsthand stories. Really? Some of which I don't want to say because people know who my ex-roommate is. I don't want him to get in trouble. You know what's like the closest thing I have to that is... Not to cut you off, but is the fact that I worked out in the same gym as Britney Spears' husband for a few years. Pimp. And he the was, Middle Eastern he, guy? He, yeah, he's like a he was a trainer at this gym. I don't think he works there anymore. He's I guess he's lined up now to divorce her. Shut up. Dude, because you know Leo. My buddy Leo yeah. is like the ultimate sugar baby, scamming his way into money kind of guy. Leo has been following this dude's career, for lack of a better word. Really? Not as a personal trainer, but as a, a professional sugar baby, basically. Man, it was always weird working out in the gym because on the wall they had a fucking sick photo of this dude on the cover of some men's magazine just looking cut out of stone, you know? Well, his real masterwork, it wasn't his abs. It was taking Britney Spears for a ride. And he bided his time, you know, a wolf plotting up to a to a deer like this is your theory no no this is not a theory i must protect sam's honor i don't know that this is true he's a plus he's probably on steroids too he he fucking he approaches britney spears he gets in a relationship bides his time for years and years and years until the conservatorship expires because he can't touch her money when you know mr spears is really the guy driving at that point the conservatorship goes away and this dude this shady personal trainer fuck pounces Slips the ring on her finger. The second it's finalized, the second the priest does his thingy, the, the, this paperwork gets signed, City Hall, divorce. They're getting divorced right now. They're getting a fucking divorce. How, how sure are you? Leo, this is his shit, dude. Can Leo's you, a top. Can of you it. just Google Hold on, Mikey. Uh, Sam Britney Spears divorce? It's coming, dude. I'm I saw you. him just the other day in a video yeah, where. He's um, probably had a big grin on his face. No, where they were at a restaurant and some random women uh, in the. Uh, in the restaurant, we're basically like clowning Britney Spears to her face, and I see Sam in the video. Just this was a few months ago. Oh, yeah, 10 that's hours right. Ago. Click on it. I gotta see this. ten hours. There's updates. These are my friends, bro. Crisis talks. I've never been around her, and I mostly know him as like a guy. I would say what up to while we're lifting weights, but he seemed like a good guy, dude. He... Sources revealed that their marriage is hanging on by a thread. Should we believe the news? Yes, you should. That's. Two sources. It's it, this is the most credible news site there is. I mean, it's go back. I want to see if the, anyone else. The only more credible it site was posted would be by Webdesk. <laughs> Webdesk is great. Fantastic. Oh no! Journalist. Now they're taking us to the homepage of of. Okay, you're gonna have to go back again. It it also it, said that Meghan Markle was dumping Prince Harry right there too. Look, it was posted on SheFinds.com. Uh, Yahoo is saying that there are rumors. What about Heat Magazine, dude? Heat Magazine's on it. Listen. Okay. I mean, it's possible. I don't, I don't know. And did he he put his fucking sausage in that batty southern redneck bitch for just the amount of the time that he had to, and now now that he's got his money secured. It's fucking bye bye. All respect due to him. Uh huh. 
there was always obviously always a little bit of a monologue going on in my head of like what what is that relationship based on like what are the green stuff buddy. what's going on here the cha-ching maybe you love her what do you think i don't dude? know she's like dude she's intellectually she's got to be 14 <laughs> right it's like she's never she is stunted the first time she took a fucking stage in public and dun, 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 was played out on that synthetic keyboard mm. that was when her childhood died and i think emotionally she hasn't moved on past that point when you see those videos that she would upload to Instagram, both like before and after the conservatorship ended, it would be like, oh, so this is her putting her best foot forward. Like this is the version of herself that she wants the people to see and to consider her based upon. I didn't see those in particular. There's some weird stuff. I can just, imagine. I think it, I did. My, I just seems a little loony. Like just like, oh, like. To me, those were like the biggest argument in favor of the conservatorship yeah. remaining. Yeah, yeah. And she shaved her head. Remember when she was shaving her head? Well, that was like she, 20 years ago. Right? She kind of got it together. Well, man, she just stopped doing crazy shit in the public eye. Yeah. But, dude, she was in that movie Crossroads where they tried to make us believe she was a virgin. Really? <laughs> when we all know she was getting pumped by Justin Timberlake and Chris Kirkpatrick. This like, is old news, but you know that Umbrella by Rihanna was supposed to be her song? Britney Spears she, she turned it down some Swiss fuck or not Swiss but some uh, Scandinavian fuck wrote it for both of them I think so probably yeah. that's how, usually how that shit works but my, my question is just like would people have liked that song if it was her song like would, I don't know the lyrics what's it like under my umbrella Ella 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 oh yeah a, oh a. that's I know that song is, it, <laughs> is, is that whole song is it just like a code for like umbrella is a pussy is a pussy an umbrella I think so. Like a pink umbrella. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's and all of Rihanna's songs are just such thinly veiled innuendo. It's got to be a better pussy. I, I don't know, but either way, like, like what are the odds that any of us would consider that a great song if she had recorded it? Because I feel like so much of a song becoming a hit is the label getting behind it and the marketing behind it and the likability of the person who's singing the song. And when I think about Rihanna, who everybody loves, it's probably pretty easy to convince people to like like a song from Rihanna, right? Do you ever hear, though, because I sometimes follow on Instagram chicks who were trying to make it as singers in L.A., and you can tell... <laughs> because you're trying to fuck them at some point and well, they just keep following them? I wouldn't say that. I would say I'm interested in their musical journey. Okay. They buy... You could tell they're paying way too much money for cast-off songs from the guys who are at the absolute bottom of the pecking order in the songwriting world in Hollywood. Really? So you listen to these songs, and you're like, oh... I thought all pop music was shitty, but it turns out there is a certain sheen and a, sh a certain professionalism to the chords right. and the melody selection in the top of the line stuff. It gets really ugly down here at the bottom. Oh, I can only imagine. And they're probably charging chicks like, yeah, that'll be five grand for my, my newest. Oh, this this thing's going to be gold. Well, you're a Maybe songwriter. You're a songwriter. So you go in the studio with them and you help them make the song. So like your job is to fucking gaslight them into believing that they have just created something that anybody would ever want to listen to. Ah, it's so bad, dude. Mm. Yeah, dude. It's... It must be like being an arms dealer, or like a fentanyl dealer. I would feel terrible about myself if that's how I made a living. Dude, it's tough, too. 
And it's like the chicks, like they are just a pretty face. Most of the time they don't even have a good voice. And they certainly don't have enough knowledge of songwriting mechanics to be like, okay, this is the most trite shit I've ever heard. Mm. It would be like if you and I were like, instead of signing OnlyFans girls, we were signing stand-up comedians. Mm. And we were getting like knock-knock jokes out of joke books from the 1950s. And like, yeah, this was this is going to get you on stage at the comedy store. Mm. Just, you, just you wait and see. Right. They may, I bought one of those, like an old fucking book of jokes. Right. It, dude, it's fucking ridiculous. There's one like, you call that a hairdo? More like a hair don't. <laughs> like, that's one of the opening jokes in this joke book I bought. If I was going to buy a joke book, that is what I would be looking forward to. Hey, because you haven't seen uh, The Last of Us yet, have you? No. Great show. And Mikey keeps recommending me stuff where just people keep getting raped. Is this is there a rape in The Last of Us? It's not so much rape. It's more just like uh, people being sort of like attacked and consumed by zombies. I'll spare you the whole storyline. But like basically there's like an infection that's sort of taking over the whole country or world. And Is it like microplasms? It's the world too, right? What's, yeah, what's, that, yeah, what's yeah. that thing that's going around in porn that everybody's afraid of? Yeah. It's like the same thing, right? Mycoplasma. Yeah. It's not the same. It doesn't turn you into a zombie. Mm-hmm. But all I'm saying is that in that show, there is a section where they find like an old joke book and they're reading jokes back and forth. And it's like that that's probably the best thing about the show is you really get a, a chance to sort of think about what life would be like on Earth if essentially everybody was eliminated and, and society as a whole was basically like destroyed. There was no more TV. There's mm-hmm. no more entertainment. Everybody's just like living their life to just try to make it. Isn't it crazy that we'd probably just go back to our baseline happiness and in a year we'd probably be just as content, maybe even a little more so than we are now? I feel like they're they're starving to death. They're de- they're they're having to like, you know, get like rations. Like they find like old cans of Chef Boyardee and that's like the best thing that could possibly happen to them. Yeah, that that would be like you and I going out to Koi or going out to fucking Nobu, dude. Nah. Yeah, it's same I, shit. I feel like you're, you're, you 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 need to see it to understand how depressing it is. But you're not in a position to take on a new TV series at this point in your life. I just started Succession, dude. Oh, please get caught up so that we can talk about the new episodes. Because I need to watch the new episode ASAP. I love that show. How many how many seasons are there? This is the fourth that just started. Okay, so the, I can conceivably catch up. It's it not is like so good. It's pretty sick. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's good. My uh, one of my improv teachers was fucking all about it. And so I knew it was good. It's a show that I am tempted to go back and watch it from the beginning, except for the fact that I have no fucking time. Yeah, I think uh, I might uh, snuggle up and watch an episode of my iPad tonight. Aren't you jealous? There's going to be no whining baby. My house floorboards aren't going to be covered in mold. The problem isn't the whining baby. The problem is the fact that like, if my kid goes to bed at 730 and I want to go to bed by like 10, yeah. that you just you now have like the tightest two and a half hours to just find something to do to entertain yourself or make you feel like you have some kind of control over your own life answer emails whatever like and yeah. i feel bad too because like i'll be just like sitting there watching a poker video and then i look over at my girl and i realize that she's like buying the the decorations for my kid's new room as a result of the water damage and yeah. stuff so she's actually like sitting next to me working on her phone yeah while i'm just like fully vegetating or squandering away the hours in the jack shack Mm, yeah, I know. I probably would only go hit that when she was asleep. He fucking he's this guy's got a, a masturbation hut on his property. You don't want to go out like Brittany and Sam, or Danny and Redacted. <laughs> Her name's Mia. We can talk. About. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. I got to piss like a fucking race car, bro. Want me to take out Mike real quick? We're gonna do that. Don't worry. But uh, all right, that was good. Hell yeah, man. We got to get some. Uh, we gotta try to expand. We're still looking for a third. I wouldn't say we're looking very hard. 
No, I wouldn't say so either. Well, you know, I've been putting in some work. Why are you guys talking? We're still recording. You guys are... <laughs> Did you end it? No. Okay, good. You guys are both fired. I'm going to shoot a beam of this over the console. Yeah, I think they both need a beam right now. They do. Okay, we'll be back real soon. Yeah. We yeah. got we got kind of deep here. We got Ryan. Yeah, we did. That was one of our deepest episodes yet. We got Ryan Long next week. Ryan Long next week. Yeah, that'll be fun. That's positive. I'm into that. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be upbeat. Our famous friend now since he was on Joe Rogan. That's right. Our Joe Rogan veteran friend. I remember when he was just some guy on Twitter that I was like, oh, that, that guy's funny. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I had to suck his dick in the green room in San Diego. He was Ryan Short, and now he's Ryan Long. <laughs> Ryan Long COVID. <laughs> We should Ryan call Long it that. Companies. Yeah, that should be a joke in his act. I, I, so many times I've thought to myself about tweeting something about like long COVID and like a long dick or like some kind of joke like that. I think that is why I need to stay off Twitter as well. The fact that that seemed like it was a joke potentially in my head for a period of time. Well, let me run a joke by you that I tweeted once. I think it's my best Twitter joke ever. Okay. I'm like a dog chasing a three-legged cat because I get pussy. Just because, like, what the cat's gonna be kind of like slow moving, yeah, the dog's gonna get him because I get pussy. Is that from your joke book? No, I it feels wrote like that, joke, I wrote that shit myself. That's like joke book quality joke, Sydney. If you saw that on a guy's Twitter feed and you were single, would you be like, That's he seems like a cool guy? Like, no. what? No, <laughs> you could barely get it out. No, <laughs> it, was just, it was obscured by the plant. I, in my head, it was a thumbs up. Yeah, right. You're just talking to the plant. All right, well. Hey, from a YouTube perspective, we should end this within the next six minutes because I think being a little less than two hours is better than being a little over two hours from the optimization gods okay. thought process. Okay. In well, theory. Um, I don't know, we lost some momentum here. I, I, I don't think we need any more momentum. I think we're, we're winding down. Should I mace myself? I would probably want to leave the room before we do that. And also, we have to film an ad read. If you want to go out in the parking lot, maybe we could sort of whoop your ass out there. Yeah. And it just, it would be such a waste just yeah. to bury it at the end of a two hour podcast. All right. I'm going to go uh, unleash my urethra. Thank sure. you to everybody who watched this. We yeah. appreciate you. Yeah. Thank who knows you. what's Thank to you. come? Dude, who knows? Perhaps yeah. we will have a third in the near future. I have a dream. Or maybe it'll be a nuclear holocaust. Yeah. It's one. It could be either. There could be uh, another man sitting in one of these chairs, or there could just be radiation in this whole room. I know my phone is here somewhere, but I guess I'm not going to find it that's, until I stand up. That's his TikTok addiction kicking in right there. I love that joke. He's going to go check the feed. 